Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. This has been, folks. If you missed our previous show, it is in the archives right now. And uh, it is my special pleasure and honor to welcome Steve Quell back. Steve's website is stevequell, that's Q-U-A-Y-L-E.com. You know, Steve really doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, He is one of the most sought-after speakers in the world of alternative radio. You know, Steve's been a talk show host for over 20 years, frequent a guest on Coast to Coast with George Norrie. And that's because Steve is an expert on geopolitics, the New World Order, black projects, Genesis 6, and the return of the fallen angels. I could go on all night because Steve, praise God, is uh, a man that he is, that God has given to us that we can learn from. He's a prolific author. And he's been on the front lines for many years trying to keep us educated for the time that would come that I believe is right now. And so, again, it is just an honor to have him on tonight. We're going to be talking about a number of topics to include CERNs, what's going on with Anik Krakatau, and uh, many other fascinating subjects. So without further ado, let me get Steve Quill, my friend, on the program. Hey, Steve, are you with evening. us? Amen. Uh, listen, thank you for the opportunity. I think this is a critical moment, a juncture in time, that people have to be prepared for. And tonight we're going to talk about the gates of hell, what that really means, because I want to refer everybody to, first of all, the Bible, uh, Matthew 16, chapter 16, verses 17 through 19, so people understand it was Jesus talking about the gates of hell. And up until, I would say, the last five years, most people really didn't understand what the gates of hell were. And Jesus answered and said unto him, he's talking to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. This is after Peter's declaration that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. 
And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and that word Peter there actually means you're a little stone, but upon this rock, faith, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto these the keys of the, excuse me, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever that you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, Bruce, we've got the most powerful statement, I think, in the New Testament that's never been understood or never put into practice. Now, obviously, in the deliverance ministry that God has given to you and the, the, the joy you and the other men and women of God share in and seeing captives set free, you know that you have the authority and the power to cast out evil spirits. Correct? Amen, Amen sir. And, and, and so what the deal is, is here is that we're going to talk about what's going on with the gates of hell. Now, a gate, you usually don't throw a gate at someone. You usually don't, uh, you know, beat someone to death with a gate. You usually don't use it as a weapon. But what a gate does, it either allows something through or keeps something back. We're talking about CERN tonight. We're going to be talking about what's going on and all of the mythological acronyms that are associated with CERN and why. For the first time in history, the President of the United States is on embarking on a 10-day tour, which includes a meticulously designed arrival date in Jakarta. Have you read how many people are going in his entourage, Bruce? No, sir. What's the update on that, Steve? 650 people, God, 40 aircraft, and he's going into the heart of the most volcanically unstable area in the world. Now, what would be drawing him, what would be driving him is a better word, the level of security, Bruce, that's accompanying this tour is massive, and the entourage is without equal. It's, it, there's nothing in the U.S., the history of the U.S., the history of the globe, or anything in history that can be likened unto it, okay? Now, why would they choose Indonesia, uh, despite the very recent specific seismic events and volcanic activity, including the most revealing 7.7 .7 earthquake this week? In the natural realm, remember, what is the Secret Service's mandate to protect the president? Right. But what people have to understand is in the natural realm, the Indonesian venue will be canceled or rescheduled when catastrophic events are not only forecast, but absolutely assured, even describing the geological activity as the coming big one. Now, I want everybody to lock this into their hearts. And, Bruce, I'd like you to pray right now for the spirit of revelation and wisdom for people to hear what we're going to say. Because what they need to get, if they grasp this, they will understand the events that are going to play out in such a marvelous way that the love of Jesus, the intervention of God the Father in helping those who are listening tonight that they not be destroyed, this is what is at stake tonight, Bruce. This isn't just me talking about stuff that's cool or, you know, you and I tying up three hours of the airwaves. So would you pray? And I'll pray Amen. later, but I want you to pray because we're going to come up against some really heavy stuff when we get into the heavy stuff, okay? Amen. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity tonight to bring a program with Brother Steve Quell and the listeners out there. We apply the blood of Jesus to Steve and to everybody listening right now. We ask God that you to loose warrior angels to go out and encircle all the listeners right now. We're asking for a hedge of protection around them a wall of fire of the Holy Spirit in accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5. We bind any foul spirits that would plug men's ears out there to listen. We ask God that you loose the ears, loose the eyes, and we may be able to get this message tonight that you want us to have. God, give Steve supernatural anointing tonight to speak the words that you'd have him to speak. And we're asking for favor with men tonight, God, that you would give us the word we need for this hour. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Bruce. So we're talking about right now an unprecedented trip by the President of the United States with the largest entourage. Now, ladies and gentlemen, notice who's gone the day of the elections and won't be back for 10 days. We'll get to that later on in wow. the uh, spiritual warfare part of the program. What we're going to do, Bruce, with your permission, we're going to take the first hour to kind of lay it out, the second hour to talk about spiritual warfare, and then we're going to give the scriptures that people can sink their teeth into, literally. You know, we're, we're told to literally digest the Word of God, and God says that there comes a time we've got to give up the milk of the Word for the meat of the Word, you know? Amen. I'm here to learn something. Praise God. This is going to be a pamper-free zone tonight, okay? The diapers come off, the uh, gloves go on, the swords come out of their scabbards, the shields are put up, and, and we're trying, by the grace of God, through His mercy, and I believe it's a divine appointment that we talk about what we're talking about tonight. So let's go on. Okay. Now, in the natural realm, the whole idea of going to Indonesia would be canceled or rescheduled. In, it, it, just in the last week, Merapi has exploded. What's interesting, Anak Krakatoa, the other day on Friday, had 117 explosions that were heard 40 miles away. What's fascinating about Anak Krakatoa, for those of you that want to Google Krakatau, K-R-A-K-A-T-A-U, the largest recorded volcanic sound in history. It was stated, Bruce, that in Hawaii they heard the explosion. That's, you know, two, 3,000 miles away from the area in Indonesia we're talking about. But there's even more concerning and really, uh, how do I say this? This is like trying to take uh, an artichoke with the heart of the artichoke, the artichoke heart, and peel off layer by layer. And the more layers you unpeel, the more sinisterly wicked it becomes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, again, not only are catastrophic events forecasted, but they're being assured, even describing the geological activity as the coming big one. The other big one, the twin, is arranged to visit precisely at this time, despite massive warnings for global traffic travel concerns. Bruce, not only are the volcanoes going off in Indonesia, but in the Kamchatka Peninsula, we've had a couple of explosions. And I want everybody to know, we're going to be talking about uh, CERN, the Hadron Collider, and the worries and fears that basically it's going to open up a portal. And we get into that part probably in the second hour. I think it's going to blow people's minds because you cannot even get away from it, the fact that they understand what they're playing with. Amen. And it's not just all the assurances by physicists who, by the way, have been wrong before, but it's the idea that something is coming through a gate. Something is coming through the opening. Something has been bound, and the Word of God says that certain entities were bound in everlasting chains of darkness. But there's been a, 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 uh, an overtime attempt, I'm sorry, Bruce, I was going to cough, uh, an attempt to take everything that, that the living God had kept away from us for our safety to release it all for the destroying of all life on the planet. Now, I don't believe CERN is going to be an extinction-level event. In the uh, backwaters of the intelligence community, they call it an L, E-L-E, extinction-level event. But isn't it interesting that E-L-E is the first three letters of the 11th month, which is November? Yes. We'll get to all the November stuff, but here's what we've got to talk about. Okay, why would the president go to the most geologically unstable 
place in the world with massive earthquakes preceding him, with massive volcanoes, even to the point that if a big one were to go off, Air Force One, unless they could reroute around it, there's nothing more detrimental to jet engines than volcanic ash. So I'm proposing, is it that Mr. O, Obama's been summoned, compelled, and must comply to, to, you know, to uh, uh, answer the call of something so primordial that basically uh, that he would go even with the unprecedented security into the most uh, strategically dangerous place on the globe. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Now, what's going to be taking place in the U.S. with many of the top executive branch luminaries planning extended overseas journeys with staff and families? Did you notice Hillary Clinton's also gone? Okay. And it's interesting because Harry Reid and Pelosi are both uh, stating that if they should lose, well, they might just retire. What's fascinating to me is uh, in history, I do not know, and there is, like I said, the word unprecedented means there is no precedent for it. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Something's happening. When he became the President of the United States and the Nobel Peace Prize Commission awarded to him in that time period of his first six months or whatever, it was a strange statement that they made. They said it was almost like a primordial call of the spirits of the volcano beckoning him. I'm paraphrasing. I'll quote it in its entirety later on the show. But what does a volcano have to do with the Nobel Peace Prize winner? It seems a little juxtaposed in the world of, uh, is, are we talking about Alice in Wonderland, or are we talking about the Nobel Prize uh, Committee? So this is what's important to understand about November. We always talk about beware of the Ides of March, but November and its etymology. Now, the word etymology means its derivation, the word derivation. Somebody says, I thought that was insects. Well, no, we'd talk about Congress and the Senate at another time. That's when we'll deal with the insects. But right now we're talking about the etymology of November. Originally, the ninth month from the Roman March, Novem, N-O-V-E-M. It's from the old English word, Blotmano, or Blotmano, month of sacrifice. Isn't that interesting, Bruce? Yes. It's literally translated the blood month, when the Saxons prepared for winter with a slaughter of animals. Now, it's interesting that Archbishop James Usher, who set the original creation timeline, uh, established Sunday, October 23rd, 4004 B.C., as the date of the original creation. He's talking about Adam and Eve there. He likewise concluded that November 10th, 4004 B.C., was the date that Adam and Eve were driven from the garden. Now, this is critical for people to understand. There are reasons the occultists center on specific dates. The November 9th, Day of Destiny, is when the uh, germinal, German cultural events take place. Now, understand, Day of Destiny, okay, and being driven from the garden. The 20th century, 1918, abdication of Kaiser Wilhelm II, the establishment of Bavaria as an independent republic in 1919. All these happened on that date, okay? Establishment of the elite SS in 1925, which would lead to the annual ritual night beginning in 1933, where members swear a blood oath to the party. By the way, in my book, Bruce, uh, Genetic Armageddon, I really take on and describe at length the uh, Ananerbi, the group that was uh, derived out of the SS, Hitler's uh, squad that was looking for all religious artifacts, supernatural artifacts, uh, the race of giants, what he was looking for, were the descendants of the Aryans. So there really was a basis 
for a lot of occultism in the Third Reich. And what's important about this is remember, the great grand, or the grandchildren, yeah, the grandchildren of the Third Reich are some of the people that are in the most important powers and powerful uh, industrialists in the world right now. So November is also the 72nd anniversary of Kristallnacht. Remember what that was, Bruce? Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht. It's when the glass and crystal in Berlin was shattered the night of the torching of 191 synagogues and the slaughter of 91 Jews in 1938. Now, 51 years after Kristallnacht, the Berlin Wall came down on November 9th. Okay, now, what you notice about all these things is they're either supernaturally timed or they're occultically planned with a time in mind. Halloween, the spiritual consummation, is Tuesday, November 8th in 2010. And that is uh, fascinating because we missed it by one day. But the stained glass, um, unblemished uh, uh, bride that you see in so many, uh, uh, oh, good night, the, a lot of the uh, stained glass panels and stuff have something. That all the stained glass throughout the cathedrals of Europe tell a story. And it's not the obvious ones where they show Jesus with a halo and maybe three or four of the, um, oh, good night, the, the saints or uh, the gospel writers. But the point I'm trying to make in this is that we've got some incredible things going on right now. And what we're talking about is CERN, C-E-R-N. We're talking about the uh, Large Hadron Collider. A hadron is a particle. And we're talking about something that's fascinating. I want to read something that will maybe set the listeners to uh, concern this. Remember when Obama was in Norway and the Norwegian spiral opened up the sky? Yes. Remember that? Absolutely. It's, it spread through the Internet. It wasn't the first place that those spirals were seen. That just happened to be in the same area as the Norwegian equivalent of HARP, and I believe it's a Trondheim, T-R-O-N-D-H-E-I-M. And for the record, there are 72 ionospheric heaters. Keep that number in mind, 72. Now, I'm going to read something that's going to be amazing. Oh, and by the way, the antipode, if you were to take a steel rod and drive it from Geneva Switzerland, you would end up off of the in the area of New Zealand where they had the great earthquake just a number of uh, oh, weeks ago, a little over a month ago. And you know where that earthquake uh, uh, ended up uh, pretty much destroying most of the city of Christchurch, okay? Wow. Okay, now what I'm trying to get to people to understand is, is that we have the technology to generate earthquakes, we have the uh, technology to initiate volcanoes. We have the, uh, the technology to pretty much do what most people used to consider acts of God. Now, in that, though, the Bible says that God takes the wicked in their own devices. It's interesting because the word device is always meaning more than just thoughts or plans. What is the device? If I said, Bruce, they've come up with a new device, what would you say to me? I would think it would be some type of new uh, machine. You got it. So when God's saying that he takes the wicked, he sets traps for them with their own devices, it gives a whole new meaning to this. And we get a little later in the program to the idea that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm going to take people to uh, a verse in First Samuel that I guarantee no one has ever seen before or talked about. It's just like God took it. Uh, before my eyes, and for the record, I've never seen it before tonight when I was praying as how we would lead this show and where we would go. And Lord, where would you lead us in the show and where would we go? 
So let me read this because it's really important. The most striking, unusual, and perhaps calamitous event may well be in Geneva, home to CERN's Castor project at the Large Hadron Collider. The owners of the website CERN Truth released a troubling warning in September 11, 2010, regarding November. Now remember this, you guys. These are the owners of the website CERN Truth. This is what they're concerned with. And these are not typically Christians, although I'll share a story about a couple Christians that worked at CERN got a message to me through a third party of what they saw the last time they turned it on. This is not, in any way, I want to make this clear, tonight is not a War of the Worlds type presentation. Everything we're talking about is real. Whether yeah. the people listening in, some will know it to be true, some will just shake their hand and some will go away, going, well, at least I had something to occupy my time. Listen to this. This is from CERN Truth, the, the website. But soon, the 11-9 date mirror of 9-11, the biggest terrorist team ever assembled in history, the physicists at CERN, will start production of the most dangerous substance in the universe, the primordial quark-gluon soup that exploded in a big bang, all the matter of a previous universe. The choice of the date could not be more cynical. Do those people have any respect for the victims of terrorism, for the victims of mass murder, nuclear weapons, or the millions who have died with arms invented by physicists? Of course not. Being an intelligent lot, one can imagine the choice of days was not an irony of destiny, but perhaps it was planned. But nothing will be done to stop them because those are our homemade terrorists, German technocrats, to the service of the SS strange science. Now it goes on, and this really gets really weirder, and we're going to talk about some really weird stuff tonight. The clever media blog spot comments on the darker activities of CERN and oppose when worlds collide, the CERN Stargate. Now understand, these are people using the term Stargate. In the Old Testament, angels, and we're going to get to the uh, book of uh, Genesis, where Jacob basically sees the angels of heaven uh, ascending and descending a ladder, and he saw that at Bethel. So what we're going to talk about is how the Bible is so wonderfully, and when I say this word, so magnificently placed in timelessness. It's obviously eternal, in my opinion. God said yes. heaven and earth will pass away, but his, his word will never. So the thing about the word of God is, is that it, it applies to everything, everywhere, at all time. Make sense? Amen. And Steve, I want to insert something there. Folks, why I know this is a, um, a appointment with Dusty tonight, having Steve on, um, I had no plan to do this uh, today when I was reading the Word, but I open up to Genesis, and I'm reading over there in Genesis 28 and 17, uh, Steve, where it's talking about the gates of heaven, which I know you're going to be touching on later. That's a yep. confirmation that uh, we needed to talk about this tonight, folks. Right, ahead, and, and it's so critical because, again, if Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail, that means the gates of hell are coming to make war, does it not? Amen. And the, the gates is in the Bible. What we're talking about is Bible tonight. Go ahead, Matthew Steve. sixteen seventeen through 19, Jesus speaking. I tell people, they struggle over this one. Take it up with Jesus, especially those who claim him as Savior, but Amen. don't know how to apply their testimony. We're going to get to, I'll jump ahead. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, Bruce, the Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. If Amen. people aren't testifying to what Jesus is doing in their life and lifting up the Son of God, they're basically handicapped. They don't know how to use their weapons, and we'll get there at a different time. 
Now, listen to this. The Clever Media blog spot. This is critical. I'm trying to be, this is the most linear, and thank God for people that have helped me. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Sabine. But the point is, is that here's what they say on the Stargate. If you really want to conceal something, hide it in plain sight. This technique is a hallmark of the Illuminous groups who are compelled to constantly and robustly protect their hidden knowledge. For over a century, film has been the primary means of deploying the hide-in-plain-sight deception on a mass scale. From the early science fiction and horror films of European silent cinema to the multi-million dollar Hollywood blockbusters, film has reliably served as a mainline into the belief systems of the population. A complex alchemy of synchronicity, cultural programming, and mind control is used to concurrently deliver both a wash of sensual, distra- uh, a wash of sensual distraction and a download uh, of unreality to, uh, tuition. In other words, what they're saying is it's taking you from the real world into a virtual world. When you're in a virtual world, you are basically divorced by the very mind-controlling methods of mass media to have any context with with the historic reality of what history was. You follow me? You take away the real, you substitute the unreal, and that's where you keep people. And that's why the drones drone on. That's why television, you know, Bruce, again, i got to just get this in. One of my cheap uh, amazements is that people will act like completely ridiculous fools when they're at a football game, basketball game, baseball game, hockey game. They're cheers, or they go to that silly thing called the Olympics. Yet when it comes to anybody taking an outspoken, standing up for Jesus, uh, confronting the lies of the day, nobody wants to be a fanatic. You know what they really are saying? We don't want people to uh, dislike us because the praise of man is more important than the praise of God. Now, inevitably, I'll get the emails that will say, oh, that's not the case. I just simply ask those people, how many people have they won to the Lord in the last year? How many people have they shared their faith with? How many people have they prayed with? How many homeless people have they stopped to maybe buy them a a dinner or taken them into a restaurant to buy them dinner or give them the money and make sure they go to a restaurant? You know, the thing is, Bruce, everybody's a critic, and we're going to get to the scripture where Jesus even rebuked Peter when Peter was concerned with what God was going, Jesus was going to do with John. Yes. Peter said, uh, Peter is basically saying, Lord, what are you going to do with John? And, and Jesus says to Peter, it's none of your business, Peter. What I do with you, I do with you. What I do with John, I do with John. And Bruce, I'm going to tell you, the day of the busybody Christians is coming to an end. Everybody wants to know, you know, what Bruce Lee is doing or what I'm doing or, or chatting or, or, you know, tearing me up on the Internet. But the point is, those who are Christians had better understand that there comes a point when God says enough is enough. And I think we're at that point. Amen. Two of the things that God hates the most, Steve, is gossiping and backbiting. And there's too much of that going on out there amongst the body of Christ. It should not be so. Well, it shouldn't be so, but it is, you know. And that's that's the thing that's that is uh uh so how should I say this interesting in the fact that we're 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 watching if if you if you put it into perspective, we are watching science taking the place of God, saying they can recreate a better human, human plus, H plus, transhumanism. And all of the stuff that's going on in the world of science, I've got to tell you this, has gotten now so steeped in the occult that they can't even describe their science projects without using mythological names. For instance, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. 
November 8th through 9th, CERN's schedule format is what's called the Castor Experiment, which begins week 44. Now, this is really interesting because Castor and Pollux, do you remember who they are? They're the Roman twins. That's right. Castor was a keeper of the horses. So Castor, as in the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So what I believe is going to happen is even though it may not be obvious at first, these guys are playing with time and space. They're playing with the very fabric of creation, and they're going to set up space-time distortions. They're going to absolutely change, transform everything that most people have known as reality. And the invisible world is going to become visible. And the very things that God has kept away from us, because he loves us, they're going to be loosed. And woe unto the man that thinks that he can stand against a supernatural en- enemy without the power of God. Woe. Because I tell people this. I'm saying unless you understand that you're being prepared as the quintessential hors d'oeuvre for some very hungry uh, uh, Morlocks that are soon to come out. And by the way, H.G. Wells in his movie The Time Machine was an Illuminist and he knew very well what the end times are going to be, and was very much a participant in specific uh, uh, occult sacrifices. Most people don't know that. And so the point that I'm trying to make tonight is this, is that we're seeing now mythological names of mythological gods, and and Paul said that all the gods, the Gentiles, worship our demons, and we're seeing something very interesting. When Oppenheimer was one of the lead physicists on the Manhattan Project, Bruce, that was the designing of the atom bomb it was one of the most top secret things ever undertaken but after the first detonation he made an interesting statement he said i have become the destroyer of worlds okay now that's a weird statement and he's quoting the bahava gita which i'm going to get his exact quote again in a little bit but what most are lacking in their understanding is as bad as the economy is as bad as everything else is in, in the world in that realm There is a realm that God warned us about. The Apostle Paul told us specifically that we were to basically put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God doesn't sound to me like God's going to take us down to the uh, still waters and let us just uh, slurp, you know, fresh-tasting water and, you know, eat grapes. I I think that that the the contextual uh, references in the New Testament especially is war. Bruce, what did Jesus say he came to earth to bring? He came to bring a uh, a sword. Okay. And now, what is a sword? Is that like, you know, and, and look, I know you know the answer. I'm being rhetorical with you. But a sword. Brother, it's a if weapon I of you, warfare. And you know the answer, but I'll ask you, Bruce, why was the Son of God manifested? He was manifested um, to uh, to save men's souls and set the captives free. Okay, that's what most people think, but it doesn't say that in the Word of God. It says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the evil one. That's right. Interesting, huh? That's right. And that uh, suit of armor that you referred to in Ephesians 6? Yes, sir. But God gave us that so that uh, we could get onto the battlefield and uh, withstand uh, the attacks of the enemy that were going to come. I have never gotten so many calls in my life, Bruce, from husbands or wives fighting each other, the husbands not not being allowed to lead or the wives not being listened to by the husbands. It's not all the case, but I can tell you this, it's heartbreaking. 
Because, again, if in the natural things are so difficult, what happens when you compound them in the supernatural? Brother, it's, it'll be to the thousandth degree, and I wanted to share something with you. Uh, I've been seeing the number 911. In fact, I was doing a previous show tonight, and I saw it again. And if you look over, it could very well be God is trying to wake me up, Revelations 911, yep. time soon when the pit is opened up and Abaddon is released. Folks, yep. what Steve is talking about tonight is so horrific that men's hearts are going to fail them for the fear of what's being unleashed on this earth as they cross over the portal and they actually manifest in the physical. And uh, what do you mention about the full armor of God? You're going to need it for your very survival in what's coming. Most people don't realize that it wasn't enough to have the armor on. That's defensive. You had to know how to use the sword and the shield. Amen. You had to know how to duck. In, in, in martial arts, it's, you, you basically got to move. You know, you got to know how to avoid as well as make contact. Uh, just like boxers, they got to learn how to slip punches. You know, God's saying, "I'm going to teach you how to throw punches." Most of us basically sit as the bag, you know, the workout bag in a gym, just being pummeled day and night by the devil. And and the Lord in his mercy, there comes a time when we cry out to him, help. And, and when you begin to resist the devil, the scripture says he's, he will flee. But people don't know how to do that, because I just gave the biggest clue with the words of Jesus. And by the way, Bruce, you know this too, and I think I said this on your show. But people have got to understand that when we pray the Lord's Prayer and ask God for his kingdom to come, Jesus was the manifestation of the Father on earth, heralding in the kingdom of God, and he was casting out demons. And the religious right. people told him he was doing it by the power of the devil. That's the only time blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is ever spoken of in context in the New Testament. Yes. When you say that if someone's casting out demons by the spirit of Beelzebub, you know, be very careful, Christians, because some of the, quote, mainline denominations that don't believe in deliverance, you know, I don't know where they cross over between ignorance and willful, uh, you know, blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, but it's very dangerous ground. Very well, you know, dangerous. Steve, the word says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and uh, the lack of knowledge, folks, is one-third of Jesus' ministry, which is not taught anymore, which uh, you're going to need for your very survival in these last days. And people forget, Steve, that uh, just prior to Jesus being crucified and rising again, the last few days of his life, what did he do? He was out casting out devils, and he was laying hands on the sick that they would be healed. And that's not talked about anymore, Steve. No, it isn't. And unfortunately, the most difficult thing for me, Bruce, in my Christian walk is when Jesus said, you know, greater things will we do than these because I go to my Father. You know, that's probably the most... Uh, how should I say this, destabilizing scripture I know personally, because I have prayed about that one for 30 years, you know. And again, the thing is, is we can cast out demons. And you know what Derek Prince taught me? All healing starts with deliverance. I don't know if you've if, if, uh, read Prince's, what, they show cast out demons? Awesome books, folks. Awesome uh, books. Steve, but he said he made an interesting... Yeah, but he made an interesting statement. Yeah. It starts... And, you know, again, some Christians become indignant and say, well, how can I? I'm born of the Spirit of God. Well, the point is, is your spirit is born of the Spirit of God, but your mind, will, intellect, and emotion is where the devil attacks us all. You know, That's he right. can't get to our spirit, but he can get to our mind. Now, let's, let's talk Amen. about this. This is really important, okay? This is going to blow your mind. Uh, 
this one this one blows my mind, okay? Uh, that CERN has already projected their percent chances of extinction. Now you're going to blow be this is remember this. This is the people that are some of the most brilliant physicists in the world applying statistical analysis and probability equations to success or failure. And I can tell you point blank, when you have read in the past that CERN has gone down, it's because some very brave men and women saw to it that it would go down. It's not bird poop. It's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, hostess Twinkie crumbs. It's people that have a, a, a charge by the living God to not let certain things happen until yes. it's time. And I would personally like to thank the men and women without equal for basically buying the, the, the life, ransoming the life under the Lord Jesus Christ of countless billions of people. Those who know what I'm talking about will get it. The other ones, you pray about it. Steve, would you... Uh, has been lying and is playing with all mankind a quantum Russian roulette game. Now, listen to this. With four shots out of 6.66% chances of extinction. Wow. Now, listen to this. This gets better. This will be even if we survive the biggest genocide in history. Calculated multiplying probability and victims, 66% of 6.6 billion people is 4.4 billion people. Interestingly enough, if you take the book of Revelation, half the people die of this, half the people die of that. You take it, it comes out to be the same number. Now, the caster experiment is to, ready for this, deconfine, which means loose lead particles, producing strangelets with the potential of spraying antimatter into space, creating black widow cannibalistic pulsars, okay? Uh Now, again, this is kind of, uh, a cannibalistic pulsar means it devours all mass and all uh, energy within its, uh, 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 if you will, within its field or its field of... Almost like a black hole? Uh, Very similar, okay? But basically, antimatter is the opposite of matter, so they cancel each other out. And what's very, very strange to me is they're using lead. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember, and, and this is where science fiction plays in, you remember what uh, would protect Superman from uh, kryptonite? That's right, lead. Lead. What shields us from radioactivity right now? Lead. Why do you think the government had people take lead-based paint out of their home? It wasn't because Junior was chipping away on when he was uh, moving from an ankle biter to a, a you know to a wall muncher. It was because they could not see through the lead-based paint with all of their reconnaissance satellites and all of their invasionary techniques. And it also, Bruce, was uh, designed to make make us literally naked before them. I said on my uh, radio show yesterday, I said, does it matter to anybody? that one of the curses that God places on uh, a, a rebellious nation is they literally are, 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 are placed in the realm of nakedness. And I said, now wow. we've got 360 scanners literally measuring every body part. And I'm not being gross. What they're doing is setting up a parametric and biometric scan of everybody's private parts. And the thing that was troubling to me, Bruce, it literally kept me up all night. Let's see, tonight is what, Saturday? Tonight's yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday, Friday night, I was up all night, and I finally got it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. You know what they're doing? They're sterilizing everybody. Oh, God. The amount of radiation, okay? Now, remember, what is the eugenics prime directive? Too many people on the earth, right? Kill 5.5 billion people. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, 
in case you don't know your basic physics, radioactivity is, is very detrimental to your health, and it's cumulative. It's called your dose rate, your CDR, your cumulative dose rate. I wrote books on this, Bruce, so I'm not just trying to flap my lips. That's right. Now, Breathe no evil, it. for example. Yeah, well, and the deal is, is now, you know, the, the point is, is that it, this troubles me. It troubles me greatly, uh, especially women who may be susceptible to uh, ovarian cancer or breast cancer or men, testicular cancer. Listen, these guys, you know, somebody should write a, a song, some rock group. I know there's some Christian groups out there, and I mean, guys who are at least more honest in their lyrics and quote some of the Christian music that claims to be Christian that isn't. But the thing is, is that they should write a song about uh, takeoff on Paul Simon's 50 ways to, you know, leave your lover. I mean, these people have, you know, a thousand ways to kill you and I every single minute of the day, whether it's what we, what we breathe, what we drink, or what we eat, you know? Or so injections. the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to yes. get across to everybody is the physicists of CERN, okay? The Large Hadron Collider, which, by the way, is the antipode, again, of White Island is one of the most geologically unstable places in the world. When they kick that sucker on, it is my contention that something is going to be released. I believe that the Edgar Munch uh, photo that was on my website uh, Wednesday, I believe it was, was he he said that he literally heard the screams, uh, you know, the primal screams of something coming from the volcano. Now remember, he's in Norway when this takes off, and the skies in Norway after Krakatoa blew in 1883 were horrific. But good here's grief. a gentleman that's basically uh, an abstract, uh, you know, uh, good night, an impressionistic painter, and yet he's talking about supernatural events, and you've got an androgynous type uh, person. Uh, it almost looks like an alien with the skies. And what was fascinating to me, Bruce, is that I did not have that uh, that uh, impressionistic painting when I put up the background to my plea to those in the intelligence community, the military, all those who know what's going on, to, to come forth and save the lives of as many people as they can because their New World Order handlers are planning for their death and demise, too. Wow. You see, once you take the brown shirts and turn them loose... Then you kill the brown shirts, okay? And that's what I'm, I'm trying to plead. And, and, you know, somebody said, what do you think you're doing? Absolutely what I believe God has called me to do, and that is to speak to those who have ears, to basically show to those who have eyes what's out there. I'm not responsible for how they receive it. I've been pouring my heart out for 15 years, actually 20 years, if you count the years I've been a, a newsletter uh, a writer, and I, I'm just, I'm absolutely confounded. And I mean that, genuinely confounded. I understand that God gives them over to believe a lie. And I, Bruce, there are times the Lord has had me pray on my show to literally bind those spirits, as you did earlier, and that God would remit the people's sins who are listening for a 24-hour period. The scripture says he's given us that much authority. We don't forgive sins, but we can remit them in Jesus' name. That means yeah. that we act as a defense attorney on a defense attorney on their behalf. And for that period of time, the devil has to shut up. And I can tell you this, I know people that have been one to the Lord when that prayer has been prayed. I also know people that came to probably the last minute and decided that they'll take their chances in eternity without Jesus, and that's the saddest thing I know. God have mercy. And I want to say something on your behalf, Steve. Um, folks, Steve is a watchman on the wall. He has been sounding the alarm 
And that's his responsibility to do that because with the information that he's come across, if he didn't sound the alarm and people perish, the blood would be on his hands. So he has no choice but to put himself on the front lines and tell you the truth. And, um, you know, the word says that, again, men's hearts will fail them for the fear of what's coming. You know, many people will be taken as a thief in the night. What we're trying to do here is educate you so that uh, you'll have some advanced warning and you don't have to be what the the word says about uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because knowledge is power. And so uh, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, Steve, and being willing to give us the truth, no holds barred. Now, what's interesting, Bruce, we get to CERN. They have taken some of the most ancient languages, and they're projecting glass panels with known languages and known, uh, oh, good night, um, glyphs and different symbols into the tunnel that CERN creates, okay? One of the most interesting things, and and, uh, there's a really amazing group of guys that hang out on a website, and they don't have their permission to talk about it. I, by the way, post on no websites other than my own. I belong to no blogs. Uh, the, The Lord literally, you know, had told me, no, I did it. I shouldn't have done it. I regret doing it. Uh, when I did it, yeah, you know, years ago. But I do not post on any blog. But there are some blogs out there that are worthwhile, and I just don't do it because God told me I'm not to do it. And I learned something, Bruce, in, uh, you know, uh, stumbling, walking, running with the Lord all these years, uh, 38 years, that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. So all the notes that I've got here will go up on my website on Monday. But imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine four by eight sheets of panel put into a uh, glass with all different hieroglyphs on it, uh, picture glyphs, different language, Hebrew symbols, but Brahmic, Brahmic tests. And, and most people that are unfamiliar with India don't understand that uh, the Brahmins were the priestly caste, are the priestly caste of India. Now, in case you don't know the history of India, India has one of the most interesting records and some of the uh, most detailed records of what it was like in the time before Adam and Eve. Now, some people oh, yeah. don't believe there was anything before Adam and Eve. I've got to tell you something. Uh, and, you know, God created something wonderful in Adam and Eve, us. And there's a reason why Jesus called himself the Son of Man, and, and, and he did not call himself this, you know, a son of God, as in Job, when the sons of God came before the Lord. Those are angels. Jesus always identified with the creation of man. The Bible even says that Jesus didn't die for the angels that sinned. Jesus redeemed us because we, we are something special. And I mean that in God's eyes through redemption. Apart from redemption, we're nothing. But through redemption, you know, it's one thing to be born in the image of God. It's another thing to be in the likeness of God. And only Jesus can bring us so we are like him. You know, you've seen a father and a son. Somebody says, you act just like your father. You know, I think I hear, my wife says that to my son all the time. And we both smile and say, that's a good thing. Drives her crazy. But, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that you've heard that. And, sure. and what we want and what God wants is the confirmation of the image of his son, Jesus, in our lives. It's like the famous... Uh, one of the neatest guys in the world I ever met was T.L. Osborne. One of the uh, just oh, wow. you know such Amazing. a neat guy. But he said, "I'll be glad when he and me is what I see." Uh, you know, he rhymed everything, and and most people don't even know because th- oh, those who read Hebrew will know this. But the Psalms are written in a rhyme; they rhyme. It's not like yeah. you know, like what we read when we read uh, you know 
blessed is a man, you know, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, that's, that's how we read it. But the way the meter of the Hebrew is so much different than the way, you know, we read everything. And, and the rhyming Bible is so beautiful in its absolute, in my opinion, God-breathed breath of life that comes through every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Now, Steve, you were talking about India, and um, I have heard that um, scientists have went over there into the deserts, and they've taken readings that, that are actually radioactive, which meant that uh, something exploded over there. I mean, back as far as maybe 10,000 years ago, is it true that they maybe even had uh, nuclear technology back then? Yes, they did. And, and, you know, basically what you're talking about is vitrified sand. When we did our first uh, above-ground testing prior to, you know, obviously dropping the atom bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the, gla- the sand was turned or fused. As most people know, glass is made out of sand, but it's called vitrified uh, deserts, okay? V-I-T-R-I-F-I-E-D. It's also interesting that the Vimanas, V-I-M-A, I'm spelling this stuff for a reason, V-I-M-A-N-A-S, the flying machines, talked about the propulsion system, and it talked about Gurkha, uh, having weapons that were 10,000 times brighter than the sun. Wow. Now, Bruce, that's what Oppenheimer is quoting from. When Oppenheimer says, I've become the destroyer of worlds, okay, he's quoting from the Bhagavad Gita. And, and what the Vedic, V-E-D-I-C, text in India talk about are such detailed uh, 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 descriptions of uh, basically warfare on a level that is just unimaginable. And interestingly enough, the propulsion system for the Vimanas are a, uh, an offshoot of red mercury. Now, red mercury is not mercury that you put red food dye in. It can only be produced in a nuclear reactor. It's a byproduct of fission, F-I-S-S-I-O-N. And the thing is, is that red mercury was a big deal a number of years ago, and I interviewed the inventor of the neutron bomb probably a half a dozen times or more, Sam Cohen. Oh, wow. And he said it was real. Yes. And every time I would go public with it, the CIA had float their stories out there, and it was interesting. How did you know when I was hitting a nerve, they'd take me off the satellite, or they instantly, within a day or two, have some lackey, the same guy, come out and say, there is no evidence of red mercury. You know, well, of course not, because all they do is say there's no such thing as flying saucers. There no, you know, the point is, is that the knowledge that has been gained in the world is so substantial, but it's kept from the average man because, look, Basically, we're like sheep being led to the slaughter. And my, my goal in life, as long as the Lord gives me breath, is to stop is to stop the slaughter of the innocents. I'm pissed, Bruce. That may be Amen. offensive to some people, but I'm pissed that the Church of Jesus Christ sat back all these years and did nothing. About 60 million little wonderful men and women of God had they been allowed to, to, to grow up. They did nothing. We do nothing as the entire world turns against us. We say nothing as our nation becomes a communist hellhole, a socialist nightmare. But can I tell you something? It's too late. To, it's too late. The individual repentance is not too late, but the nation's under judgment. I, I made a statement, Bruce, 10 years ago on my radio show. And I don't know if it was called the Q Files then or whatever it was called, maybe the uh, uh, something Chronicles. I, I don't remember my original show name. It's not important to me. But I remember saying this, before God allows America to be destroyed, he's going to make known to the people of the United States the sins of its leaders. Well, what do we have now? We have basically, there's no such thing as a free election. We have vote manipulation. We've got 
people being friven, being given free this, free that if they vote a certain way. We've got the WikiLeaks that are 400,000 documents and more to come that are detailing everything. We're seeing now the whole revelation of the lies behind the Iraq War, even the Vietnam War. All wars yes. are nothing more than an economic application of force. That's I right. think, uh, let's see, Ari McMaster in his uh, series uh, Wealth for All basically gave the best description of war, and he said all wars are economic. That's and right. Von, von Clausewitz said, too, when, when goods don't cross borders, armies do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're in a world right now that has a foreign exchange war going on. We have a country now that is $200 trillion in debt, according to Kotlikoff. And, Bruce, you know, for, for those out there that may be just learning of me, 10 years ago I said that the derivatives were a quadrillion-dollar problem. I was laughed, I was mocked, I was ridiculed, I was scorned. And yet, you know, now the guys come forth, you know, eight years later and say it's a quadrillion-dollar problem. So the point that I'm trying to make in all this is that it was one thing to deal with, uh, you know, the natural problems. And, and, and Jesus said the, the church, and the church, in my definition of church, is called out ones, the koinonia, those in Greek who have the, the Lord Jesus Christ as the center of their lives, the bride which is going to meet him at his second coming. And, you know, it's fascinating. There's a movie out coming out now, and this is crazy, called Skyline. And I heard that Hal Lindsey made this statement. Now, Hal Lindsey won me to the Lord, but he and I are so drastically opposed on a pre-tribulation rapture. But the whole point is that the aliens are lifting up people off the earth, like uh, teleportation, okay? Yes. And, and it's called Skyline. I don't think most people remember a British film that was out called Life Force. And basically, they were cosmic vampires that literally sucked the souls out of human beings, okay? And wow. it had, it had instances where the people were being teleported. I was told by one of the lead assassins for uh, an intelligence agency who died six months ago that he said they are going to fake an alien rapture. Oh. And, and uh, let me tell you what else he said. He said, Steve, I'm the largest money launderer in the world. And, and basically he was at that time. I was with him in a, uh, I'll just say this, I was with him in a Nevada town uh, meeting the former head of uh, Eastern European Intelligence Agency when he got a call from the director of CIA and the head of the FBI. They wanted him to fly to Europe to show him how the money launderer, to teach them how the, you know, uh, certain groups were laundering great sums of money. You know what this yes. man told me? He said, we penetrated all the major ministries 20 years ago. Good grief. So, and, you know, I won't say which, but he told me how much money he personally carried for some of them. And, Bruce, it's staggering. When I say carried, took it out of the United States different places. Now, did I make that up? Well, I can tell you this. My, my uh, food and beverage bill at a certain restaurant, a uh, very famous restaurant, was uh, big bucks. But the thing is, is, what I learned in this whole thing is simply this. And this is what I'm asking people to do. If you won't take the time to ask God the questions you have, don't get mad at him for not giving you the answers. Amen. Because, Bruce, most people approach God, and I'm talking Christians that I know, with casual indifference, okay? It's like somehow they throw, they throw uh, you know, uh, uh, what would you say? They throw a penny in the pond and expect the ripples to come back and describe to them everything they really want to know. What did Jesus say? When do we get our prayers answered? When we do what? We seek God with all our heart, right? That's right. 
And so the thing is, is why, and this is a rhetorical question, you've got to answer this one. I don't have an answer. Why, when we've been given so much, are we the most half-hearted wimps in the universe? Man, that's a, that's a good question, you know. Yeah, I know it's sad I don't expect God. you to answer it, okay? I can't answer it, man. I can't ask you to answer a question I can't answer. I mean, if you've got an answer, praise God, because I don't. You know, I simply don't have an answer to my own question. I don't think people love the Lord enough, Steve, um, and really appreciate what he has done for them and are willing to even lay down their lives and pick up the sword and go out there and pluck their brethren out of the, the fire. Uh, we're going to be required to do that, people, really soon. What is being unleashed on this planet right now is so horrific that, again, men's hearts will fail them for the fear of what's coming. And uh, you had better be um, have a connection to Jesus Christ and understand spiritual warfare because what's going to be unleashed out of the CERN and out of these volcanoes that Steve's going to explain further about, you're going to have to uh, be able to put on the form of God and fight it with spiritual weapons. God, well, Bruce, I think I think too. If you don't mind, I've got to go. I've got to go get we're some going water. To, we're going to take a break here. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mega Man Radio Network with Steve Quell. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back with Steve Quell. And I said before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out, if they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. There's a sad scripture that says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war, all-out war, a war in which no quarter is given and no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains, attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. Well, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's why we've got Steve Quell on tonight to give us some information, to give us knowledge, because knowledge is power. And I'll borrow the words of Steve Quell. When the time to act comes... The time to prepare is over with. So we're trying to get you prepared tonight. And let's go back on with Steve Quell. Steve. Well, Bruce, I think, you know, what people have got to understand, you brought up the vitrified uh, oh, remains of atomic warfare. Uh, Sue just sent me uh, an interesting statement that red mercury is made with antimony oxide, and that's specifically mentioned in the Book of Enoch, Okay that Azazel uh, was one of the fallen angels that taught mankind. See, here's, here's what people have got to understand. The reason why all of the secrecy, you know, one of the dumb donkey questions I get asked all the time, we're all the giant bones. In the United States, the skeletons that have been dug up in the mounds, you know, they, they come up with stupid names for these Indians, and when I say that, I mean no disrespect to the Native Americans, but they call them the Hopewell or the Adena. And that's so far from the truth, you know. The point is, is that if you get caught with any bones, real bones, 
of any giants, the FBI comes to visit you and takes them under what's called the Native American Antiquities Act, okay? Most people want to understand how this works in court. You can go and, uh, and uh, oh, good night, you can, one of the most Kennewick man in Kennewick, Washington, they unearthed the bones of a pretty tall uh, Irishman, a red guy, red-haired guy, and that was fought over for four years in court. But I think what's got to be made clear to everybody is is that we're we're talking about alchemy on a scale. Now, look, even in the Middle Ages, the alchemists, whether you're dealing with Merlin the Magician, by the way, Merlin was a real guy. Merlin was a fallen angel, for the record. And for the what most people like to probably uh, put into their context, if they're into King Arthur and that kind of stuff, King Arthur was really tall. There are some people that claim that King Arthur went 8 feet 11 inches. That wow. would put him up being a pretty big boy, okay? I can't argue over the height of Arthur, but I can tell you this, that the fact that we're dealing with the transmutation of elements along with the trans uh, mutation of the human genome. I was sent today, Bruce. I don't have enough time to go into it yet because I haven't got it, but I, I can tell you about in the 1600s, one of the uh, Catholic priests ended up collecting some of the most unusual artifacts of the uh, Mayan and Incan cultures. Yes. And in one of the panels, it absolutely shows DNA and the artificial insemination and the artificial growing of humans outside the body. Good grief. I know that's going to be so mind-boggling that most people can't uh, even relate to this. So why all of the ancient knowledge is hidden? Because, look, what did what happened in, in the Garden of Eden? Man chose the knowledge of good and evil over the tree of life, correct? That's right. And the thing is, Jesus is the tree of life. Man, I mean, you know, here's the deal, and I'll make it really simple. Every single thing I know is because God gave me understanding in realms I couldn't even function in. My brain does not work like a normal human, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making any claims outside. If I had so many head injuries that I'll tell you an interesting story. This will maybe explain to you some of the severe head injuries I've had. Uh, years ago, when I used to be wild, and really, I would say for two years, I was out of control when I was backslidden. I had a dune buggy that was so fast, it would go 0 to 60 in 3.9 seconds, okay? And oh, you're a car guy, so you know how fast that is. Wow. And um, I was out in front of my house in, in Bozeman, Montana, and I just was basically going to show everybody how fast the sucker was. You know, I, I lived in front of a baseball field. And I just basically went for it. And unfortunately, I was trying to make a corner, and I rolled the doom buggy. Now, the doom buggy's tubular frame, and I didn't have my helmet on, okay? Oh. And uh, fortunately, I put my uh, the harness on, my racing harness, but I did not wear my uh, helmet. My daughter said before I got in there, God bless Stephanie, she's smarter than I am. She said, Daddy, you, and this is when she was a little girl. She must have been, oh, I don't know, maybe six years old. You'd better put your helmet on. And I said, no, nah, I know better. You know, I'm the dad, you're the daughter. Listen to this, Bruce. I rolled that doom buggy, and I hit it 60 miles an hour. My head hit the ground so hard that the tubular steel, and this was a racing doom buggy. I think I was a uh, two-inch uh, roll cage around me, okay, because, because of the kind of racing I was doing. You had uh, the specific requirements for specific diameter roll cages. 
at the exact time I rolled that dune buggy, two people were in Kona, Hawaii, and, and, and Kailua, as a matter of fact, praying for me. Two YWAMers, Youth with a Mission. Oh, wow. And I, I know their names, you know. And they, they said, at that moment, Steve, they, and by the way, my watch stopped because I broke it, okay? They said, the Lord spoke to them. These are youth with a mission kids saying, not kids, one was an older guy, a teacher, and one was a, you know, about 28, 30-year-old woman, a student. And they, and they were told to pray for me, and the Lord said these exact words, if you don't pray for him, he's dead. Well, Bruce, I was like knocked out. So I, you know, I came awake, you know, and I drove myself to the hospital. You know, I'm pretty banged up and I'm in total shock. And the doctor looked at me and he said, you're in total shock. How could you do this? And I said, what do you mean, rolling the dune buggy or driving? And, and all I could say is it must be a miracle. Now, why I'm saying that is this, is that the mercy of God and this is why I want to specifically thank the intercessors out there. Each one of you that sends me an email saying that you're praying for me and you do pray for me, there is no words I can. I don't give uh, half-assed compliments. I'm saying that, honestly. But I am grateful. And if it were not for the intercessors, I would not be alive. Yes. And I, I can only tell you this, that that the way my brain works is I, I cannot be linear. I once got balled out by a pretty... Uh, powerful military guy he says my my six-year-old granddaughter can read instructions i can't i i physically can't even you know i'm a photographer and stuff i i there's something i i'm not able to be linear but i can be so uh and i'm not trying to pat myself on the back but this is why i'm i jump around when i do talk radio so much i have to stay focused and this is why i'm trying to stay focused i'm saying all this to the glory of god because the Lord has been merciful to me. I don't claim anything. You know, I, I got balled out after doing your show last week. Some guy said, well, you've claimed to be so close to God. I never claimed that at all. I've only claimed that I'm probably the raunchiest person that's ever lived that can respond to the grace of God, and if he says he's willing to forgive me, I do. Have you in all the years you've known to me that ever heard me make any claim about anything? No, sir. Steve, you just tried to be as candid and honest with people as you can, and, and, and uh, so, give them the information. Yeah, but see, why is it, Bruce? And, and, and I mean, I'm seriously asking you tonight, because I know in the deliverance field, I mean, you know, we know, and i got to share this with you, ladies and gentlemen, when you get into the deliverance ministry called by God, there is no more ungrateful uh, people. Uh, once people are set free, they are, but people will run from anybody that comes to a church with deliverance ministry, except for those who really want to be set free, okay? I can tell you, Bruce, a minute, there's two attitudes. You know this as far as I do. That's right. If you've got any type of evil spirits working in your life, through your life, or on your life, and you basically put up your, your uh, hands and say, that can't be me. If you have a negative reaction to it, uh, Derek Prince taught me one thing. He said, you need help, you know? Amen. When I came Steve. to Derek Prince, after everything that had gone on in my life, I was so bad off, I needed deliverance, okay? Now, I was filled, quote, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had seen Jesus, I'd had all these miraculous interventions in my life, but I was still carrying a lot of baggage. And, and it was the power of God that set me free. And you know, so people he, forget that uh, deliverance is a children's bread. That's what Jesus Christ said. Folks, if you are a Christian, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay, you can get set free of demonic spirits. that get you tied up, bound up. If you're not, you don't cast a demon out of someone who's not saved, because what's going to happen is... The foul spirit's going to go, and it's going to bring back seven times worse. 
so again, it's a right and privilege as being a believer. And uh, you can be born with spirits that came down the family line, come in from the womb, generational curses. You can uh, have sexual soul ties. You can open up these gateways through various means, drugs, alcohol, uh, witchcraft. You know, Steve, a lot of people don't even realize that if they've ever played with a Ouija board or a crystal ball, they've uh, dabbled in witchcraft, and they've just cursed themselves down to three and four generations. That's how serious it is. Yep, and and uh, same thing with tarot cards. And the point I'm trying to make, folks, is people are perishing for a lack of knowledge, and they're attacked, and they don't even know where the uh, attacks are coming from because they refuse to believe in some of the things that we're talking about tonight. Right. Uh, the spirit and, and, world. And, Go ahead, brother. And, and see, this is what I'm trying to get across. The physicists that used to be empiricists in the God is Dead movement, you know, they changed, Bruce. Behind the scenes, they've always been the, the, the initiated ones. How it was explained to me, black science, I do not mean the color of a person's skin. I mean the color of the budget, meaning it's secret, and also the color of yes. the hearts. But the point is, is that it's always been a spiritual thing. I mean, let, let's talk about Shiva's cosmic dance of destruction, okay? you got a bunch of European physicists. They're deep into the occult, and they use for their patron goddess, Shiva, now, this is really important because it's called dancing with the stars. What most people don't understand is stars in the Old Testament are angels, and angels are stars. The word yes. so many times is interchangeable, you know? And and the thing is, the Indian philosophy and bonds are prominently manifest in CERN. It's evidenced by the statue of Shiva uh, portraying the cosmic dance of creation and judgment, which basically is a slap in the face and the arrogance of 20 and 21st century science, okay? Here you have the most expensive, uh, what I would call, science uh, project occult uh, undertaking in the history of science, okay? Because even the, there's parts of CERN that are black budget, okay? It's one thing when they say, oh, it's a 9 billion European project. That's BS. It's way more than that. So you've got, the, you've got Lord Shiva uh, on a statue at the front of CERN, and then you basically have a holographic, what's called Dancing with Physicists, some, you know, uh, woman that looks like a robot that basically is being holographically projected or teleported from a faraway place. And you've got this Indian philosophy, and now remember, they're taking Brahmic, B-R-A-H-M-I-C writing, they're putting it on glass plates, putting it into a laser projector and projecting in the tunnel. I told you that I was contacted, maybe I didn't finish my story, and I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was contacted by two physicists that worked there through a cutout, so nothing could be tracked back to them, okay? A cutout is just meaning that there's no way I can know their uh, their names or anything. I don't want to. I never, Bruce, I'm telling you, I've never asked anybody for anybody's name, okay? I just care about what their position is. Amen. There are people that try and bait me. There are people that mock me. There are people that work for the federal government that try and draw me out to tell my sources. Well, so many times I don't know their names because I choose not to know their names. What I'm after is the information that God wants me to have. And quite candidly, for three years I got into a world that most people don't even exist. And I won't go into detail. They cannot even imagine it. And I was told to pray before I was asked to join it. And I thought, well, I know all this stuff. You know, and I mean, i I, I be honest with you. Uh, you know, I got dressed down a good way because there's a world out there. It's called going through the looking glass, okay? And I'm not talking wow. about... 
And once you go through that, okay, you can't unknow. And one of the smartest men in the world told me, remember this, Steve, when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. So what I'm not trying to do is tell ghost stories on the night before Halloween, but I'm telling you there's a world out there that these people live in that this is real to them, and it's real. Let me quote Jeremiah 2.10. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that thy fear, my fear, is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. You can sum it all up, Bruce. You can sum it all up. There is no fear of God in the land. What really is tragic is, is that, again, I'll go back to the abortion thing. What most don't understand is, is that abortion, even one of the, uh, I think there was a book I used to quote from, I think it's called The Sacrament of Abortion or something like that. Yes. And basically, I'll paraphrase, you stupid Christians, you don't even see that this is nothing more than the our, our blood sacrifice, what Hawk calls the Lucy blood sacrifice. What I'm trying to get across to everybody is that the blood is going to flow. We read in the scripture it's going to flow as high as a horse's bridle. Look, most of us have been so blessed in the United States of America, unless, you know, the military guys who have seen the blood and gore and everything else, or, you know, people who have been to Rwanda or Burundi or anybody that's been in an area where they've had to, uh, you know, view a slaughter. We, we have become so sanitized and desensitized that we don't even have any idea what's coming our way, okay? And I can tell you this, when I look into the eyes of people, after I did your show last week, I got so many wonderful emails from people that really, really love Jesus and are struggling. And you know what, Bruce, there's a common denominator. 90% of them, maybe uh, that's not true, probably I'd say 95% of them, I mean, seriously, 9 out of 10 at least, and sometimes it was 10 out of 10, people don't go to church anymore because they want God, and what they're being uh, uh, given is a substitutionary experience for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's you see, look, I want I want one thing more than anything in life, okay? I want everybody to have a personal encounter, supernatural empowered with the risen, resurrected Jesus Christ. I have been laying it on my kids, on everybody I come into contact with, that you absolutely have to have an explosive moment with the Lord where you're changed, okay? I don't believe in, in uh, you know what I would call uh, hootenanny conversions. I don't. I believe that when you go down on your face before God as a sinner, you come up as a saint. You know what I mean, Bruce. Amen. You, you know the transforming power of Jesus. I'm so sick of it. I, you know, and I want to make this clear. The word Christian was first uh, used in, I believe, Ephesus. That's what the scripture says. But in, in, in the reality... We basically, those men were with Jesus. What it is, is it's a friendship thing. You know, I think one of the greatest mind-blowing, wonderful, now I'm, now I'm going on cloud nine on this statement, is that Jesus said, henceforth I call you servants no longer. For the servant doesn't know what his, matter, his master does, but I call you friends. And yes. I, I have said to the Lord so many times, I said, Lord, you're sure a better friend to me than I am to you. I said, I'm living, I'm living and looking for the day, Jesus, when I can be as good a friend to you as you've been to me. And I don't mean that I can take his place. I am so content, Bruce, to be saved by the blood of the Lamb, to be absolutely able to just say, thank you, Jesus. And by the way, today has been my thank you, Jesus day, okay? 
Actually, every day is my thank you Jesus day. But I tell people, the way to get faith to work is by praise. You pray once. You don't keep praying. Paul even said, man, the Gentiles think that they're going to be heard, or Jesus said it too, by the number of their prayers, you know, by vain repetition. It's not a mantra. It's not a Mandela. And, I, and it's, 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 it's the name of Jesus. But it's a relationship, okay? And, and the Scripture teaches that, you know, that that's what God wants. And I go, God, this really blows my mind. You're the king of the universe. You speak out of nothing. In Latin, it means ex nihilo or ex nihilo, out of nothing. You command that which isn't to be, and it is. And, and, and yet you're willing to say to me, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them as white as wool. You're willing to say to me, you know everything I've done, but you sign the blood of Jesus not guilty to my death warrant? Man, I'll tell you, Bruce, that makes, I, I can't do backflips, you know, but if I could, I would. Because that's that's the love of God, and and we're misrepresenting to the world out there that's dying and soon to be so blasted into eternity. I know this every day I I talk on any radio show, and by the way, I'm serious. I do your show. I think Coast to Coast is calling me pretty soon to do a Coast to Coast show, and they've been so wonderful to me. And a lot of people get to hear my testimony and get to hear what's going on in the world. But here's the deal. Because I was called to be a watchman, men and women all over the country, 145 nations hit my website every day. Wow. 145 nations. I'm contacted by people from all over the world. The interview, this interview will go worldwide. But when Tom Horn and I did the uh, transhumanism interview and stuff, that thing went viral worldwide. I was getting emails from people who are listening in their prayer meetings and, you know, like uh, uh, the Himalayas. I'm not kidding you. You wow. know, or Bangkok or in Russian villages or in the jungles of Nicaragua. Praise and I'm God. going, God, that's you. Amen. So, you know, the thing is, the Bible scripture says, despise not the day of small beginnings. But if I could Amen. say this. The warfare, the weapons of our warfare in, in Revelation. Let me read this because this is too important, Bruce, because, and we're going to get there. And, and you even mentioned it nine eleven. but let's go to this one, Revelation 12, 7 through 12. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. And they prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great, great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seal, uh, and of the seal, for the devil is come down. I'm sorry, and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. One thing that I have failed to communicate effectively, if I look back over my radio career is there's a big difference between the wrath of God, which people say, uh, oh, the Lord, and the Bible says that God obviously loves his kids, he doesn't appoint us to wrath. But the devil's wrath is separate from the wrath of God. Yes. And the devil goes about seeking whom he may devour. That's right. and, and see, there's this, there's this thing that, I, and maybe you've got an answer for it, but there's this thing that absolutely is still astonishing to me is that we've got the diaper brigade and we need the Gideon brigade. Amen. You know, 
Uh, Gideon had how many? 300 people to go up against uh, over 100,000 yep. strongman army? Yep. And, you know, we talk about the deliverance ministry. You know, I counted last time, what is there, 300-plus million Americans. And, uh, Steve, I've done my best to search down uh, deliverance ministry that know about spiritual warfare like you're talking about tonight. And I'm hard-pressed to maybe find six or seven. How sad is that? Well, it's really sad. No wonder why people are perishing. Um, we have a question that came in from the chat room. It says, can you ask Steve what it means if God tells you, your heart is bathed in the blood of Jesus. She says, I, I heard it when praying these last couple of days. Well, I think the thing is, is I'll answer that. Most people don't realize that, you know, our heart is wicked, okay? Uh, you know, it's not what goes into our mouth, but it's what comes out of our heart. I would say that when that person heard that, the Lord is saying that, you know, the source of, of our issues are with our heart. If we got a broken heart, well, how do we react? We react out of anger. We act out of hurt. So I'd say that basically, you know, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So our heart is the central organ that God deals with. Interestingly enough, it's not our head, okay? So my understanding of that would just simply be that that's a word of uh, encouragement, that the blood of Jesus is covering that person's heart. And that's, by the way, a pretty neat thing to have the Lord tell you. Amen. You know, Steve, i got something for you to ponder. Uh, we could have been born at any time let's say in the last 6,000 years, let's just go back as far as Adam. Even if we had been born 100 years ago, or even 50 years ago, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation tonight. Uh, we would have missed all this stuff in the end time. Is it a chance happening that you and I and the others that are listening tonight are were chosen for this time? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Listen, this tonight is a divine appointment, Okay. It is a divine appointment because basically, Bruce, even as the scoffers and the mockers and those who are being moved on by the Holy Spirit are, are, are being dealt with, okay, this is a divine destiny. I, I want to share something with you because what is one of the last enemies to be conquered? It's death, hell, and the grave. By the way, those aren't conditions. Those are entities. Yes. Now, I want to give you uh, Robert Oppenheimer's exact quote, okay, because it has to do with what I just said. We knew the world would not be the same. A few people laughed. A few people cried. Most people were silent. I remember the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty and to impress him, takes him on his multi-armed form and says, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another. So you have the lead physicist inventing the atom bomb, and he's quoting the Hindu text, okay? And the thing that's interesting is, notice this, not only is he talking about the destroyer of worlds, but I have become death. So what is the patron saint of CERN? It's death. What is the outcome of CERN? Death. What could it do? I don't believe it will destroy the world. I want to make that clear, okay? I got an email. Do you believe it will destroy the earth? Absolutely not. Because the the word of the Lord is, is that Jesus is going to act before that time. I made a statement, Bruce, and I'll make it again. There are people out there in the world who really love Jesus that we all owe our lives to. I specifically owe my life to them. And by the grace of God, I've been able to help them and vice versa. And I'm not trying to say this to be mysterious, but I will tell you this, that, that I personally, um, how do I say this carefully? I personally saw, there, this is a safe way, 
I personally saw the sacrifice some of these people made in real time, okay? And when I broke up one time on the air because a dear friend of mine, a lovely man, son was absolutely murdered in real time on an operation, and he had to go and recover his mutilated body. I, you know, people were mocking. They say, ah, quail's a chicken, this or that. I'm not responding to my critics. I'm only telling you this. The heartbreak that these families have to go through who lose a husband or a mother or, or a family member, a child in this case, multi-generations of men and women fighting for this country in the uh, background. And I'm not talking about the stuff you see on TV. I'm talking about stuff that they can't even put on TV. You don't get an appreciation for how real the battle is, okay? And so what I've tried to do, by the grace of God, and I mean this seriously, is when I could make a difference, do make a difference. And, you know, one of the neatest things happened to me yesterday, and I want to share this because I'm telling you, you've got wonderful people that listen to your show. I said that I would give 10 ounces of silver worth 250 bucks to anybody that could answer my question of why I put two photos up and what it meant, you know, to, to have Krakatoa and what I was trying to get across. And the gentleman that won is a friend of mine. The guy that won, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, was a gentleman that claimed, he said, Steve, if you, he's a professional bodyguard and provides executive protection. He said, if you need me, I'll be there in a heartbeat. He said, brother, I'm there by your side. Amen. He didn't say, brother, I'm there behind you. I'm there by your side. He won. And you know what he said? He said, give it to someone else who needs it. He did not know that prior to him winning my question, the answer to my question, Bruce, a woman had requested the same amount of silver to be able to pay the taxes on her house. She was a widow. Her husband was a vet, uh, died of liver cancer, and I think she had five kids. Now, what's the chance of that happening, okay? It can't happen unless no, God arranges it. So right. going into your point, I mean, listen, that so thrilled my heart, and God bless you, Ron. That so thrilled my heart that I was happy, okay? And, I mean, look, I'm an intense guy, and I understand that. And one time I, I actually, uh, somebody said, describe yourself. I said, well, I'm pretty laid back. My tongue cleaved in my mouth, and I said, nope, that's a lie. I'm probably the furthest thing from being laid back. And they said, you ought to relax. Or one guy told me to control my anger. There's such a thing as righteous indignation. Amen. What's interesting to me is the people that tell me to control my anger never do anything for Jesus, and then quote the scripture, not of works as any man should boast. But then I quote the scripture, James says, show me your works, and I'll believe you have faith, but don't tell me you have faith without works. Amen. Unlike faith without works is dead. So it's, the, it's amazing. Uh, you're, you're, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But i got news for you. I'm redeemed whether I do or don't. And that's what I want to get across to everybody tonight that's listening to this show. Jesus does love them. If I could yeah. say anything, here's what I'd like to do. I would like to say, Bruce, to everyone listening to the show, come, let me introduce you to the Savior. He's real. I, and, and, and in my case, I can make this statement. Somebody says, how do you know God's real? Have you seen him? I said, yes, and when he looks into your eyes, every cell in your body comes alive. Every cell in your body rejoices. It explodes. It's like, it's like a, an electrical charge going off, but it's on a subatomic level. And the love of God penetrates every ounce. And I said this, he's more real than I am. He's more real than you are. And Amen. for that brief moment when you're in the presence of the king, you're in the presence of eternity. And you understand you get to spend the rest of it, eternity, with him. What I'm learning about time and space is, is that we do live in a, in, in a, in a strange, uh, uh, oh, let's say, dichotomy. Though for a present time we're bound in, in the physical flesh, and we do have this thing 
frequencies and cycles that obviously would delineate time in some form or shape. But the thing is, is that what I want to share with people is Jesus will accept you no matter what you've done. Amen. Bruce, I've led, I've led murderers to the Lord. I have. I'm not bragging. I have. Uh, I've sat down with people that had such a sense of guilt, and I've watched the filthy people that, you know, that were white by my standards, but I've watched the transformation of life after life. I've watched with my own eyes the prostitute who, who was so ashamed that she had to sell her body. Forgive me, I've watched, I've watched the transformation of Jesus comes over them. I've watched men broken in body, broken in spirit, broken in heart, and broken in life come into that instantaneous expression of hope and say thank you with tears rolling down their eyes. I'm not talking about wimps. I'm talking about guys that could, could crush you with, with just the strength of their, their palm and their little finger. I'm talking about battle-hardened guys. I'm talking about assassins. I've watched the love of Jesus. And I'm telling you this. It's not the cockamamie nonsense you see on TV. That has no relevance. It's not the pretty faces and the screen lights. It's the broken faces. It's the faces that hang their, their head in shame. Man, Bruce, I'm telling you this. I don't know much, but I know this. I know that the angels of God have been released to go into the earth and to draw, to compel those who no one else will talk to, no one else gives a damn for, and I know someone will say, how could any man or claims to be a man of God? Look, I don't claim to be anything except redeemed. End of story. And I thank God I'm not a pastor because I don't apologize for the words I use. See, people are, are offended that I would use a word like ass, yet they're not offended that 60 million little babies' blood it runs through the sewers of this country, and then this country is guilty of blood guiltiness. They don't stand up for their Savior who spilled his blood, and yet Amen. they allow the world to mock him. They allow the world to, 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 to basically disavow him, and, and there is no fear of God in the land. So how dare you say to me, God bless America, and tell me I'm, a, I'm an unloyal American. I'm pleading for this country. I've pled for this country until the Lord said, pray not for this country, Steve, but pray for the individual people that they'll come to know me. Bruce, we're a nation under judgment. That's why I'm not popular on certain talk shows. That's why people don't want to hear me, because they want to think that, oh, if, if the Tea Party is just successful, we'll all go back to things being under good old Republican or conservative control. Not one person, and I, I say this, and maybe I'm missing it, but where are the calls for repentance? Where are, God, we're sinning against you. God, we're mocking you. Where are they, Bruce? I don't see them, brother. I just don't see them. They're not out there, Steve, and, and the Word says that if, uh, if God doesn't bring judgment, all the righteous would, uh, be, would perish. Yep. You know, I, I may have shared this uh, to some of the listeners last week on the program, but uh, about a week, week, ten days ago, God woke me up a little bit after 3 a.m. in the morning, and I woke up and uh, I said, well, God, you have something to say to me? So I got my King James Bible and let it fall open, and it fell over to Isaiah 13. And I'll just read one uh, verse. How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Folks, we're in judgment phase in America. America is not going to be saved. Individuals can be saved, and that's the point of this program right now. Is Steve yep. is trying to sound the alarm and wake people up because time is short. And it says Satan gets cast down with great wrath. He's angry because he knows his time is short. 
And you're going to wake up just like back on September 11th, and your world has changed. This time it's going to be to the thousandth power. At any moment, an event could be triggered that uh, we'll never go back to the way um, life was even today. And uh, Satan is trying to run down our clocks, take our very lives, and take us to hell. We don't know how much time we've got. There's so many forces working against us. You know, we've got nuclear, biological, chemical attacks. Uh, Steve, I wanted you to touch also, um, probably a lot of people missed it. Last week, there was over 50 missiles that went offline. Yes, sir. In, in Wyoming? Give us yep. an update on that. Well, what most people don't understand is the missile bases, you know, pretty much in Montana, North Dakota, and Wyoming form one part of what used to be the triad of our strategic nuclear defense forces. For 50 missiles to go off online or to go offline meant that they were out of uh, commission. Somebody sent a message. Now, what was interesting, there was a 4.4 earthquake in that area. Depending on the depth, I can tell you this. I don't know yet because I haven't had any intel to tell me what really happened, but I suspect this. I suspect that it was either a cyber attack, okay, and and the thing that made me so furious is the White House said it went as uh, planned or went as expected. You know, it could have been an exercise, but I don't think so based on the positioning of the nuclear weapon. Many times, uh, very small nuclear weapons, which will show up as 4.4 earthquakes at a certain depth, are used to close portals and gates, okay? There are those that are trying to open them. There are those that are trying to close them. And what most people don't understand in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, they have probably one of the most uh, elaborate underground uh, bases for the Illuminati that exists, okay? Everybody in the world uh, has a place in Jackson Hole. And do you know who owned Jackson Hole, especially uh, the Teton National Park, was the Rockefellers. You know that, right? Wow. No, sir, I didn't. Okay. So, and, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is I'm trying to put two and two together with background uh, information, but it appears that that was a faction fight, and there are those who have override. Most people don't understand the U.S. military, and I didn't until it was explained by me. And I want to make this clear again. There have been, you know, things on the uh, Internet. I'm a spy. I'm a CIA agent. Actually, that's funny, especially when, you know, (laughs) they and I don't like each other. But the point is, I'm nothing. All I am is a guy that God called to be a watchman who the Lord brought people across my path. I do not seek them out. They seek me out. And I don't mean that in a snobby, arrogant way. All I mean, it's the hand of God literally bringing people to me. And if, they, if the people don't tell me, then by somehow the Lord will give it to me in a scripture, Bruce. And, and how he gives me the scripture is, is very unusual. Uh, I see it before my eyes. I get it in my head instantly, and I get the understanding of it instantly. Now, remember, God sent two guys from you know, Seattle to lay hands on me who never knew me, didn't even know where I lived, seeking me out that I might understand him through his word in a a new way. I once was in a giant, giant, giant uh, Christian leadership conference up in uh, Fresno, California, Pastor Jerry Fry's church, and there were a lot of YWAM speakers there and stuff. And it was interesting because uh, a very famous lady teacher, Joy Dawson, prophesied over me. And I'm not going to go into the details because, quite candidly, I don't want to have a Joseph pulled on me, you know. 
have the fake brethren sell me down the drain. I've had I've gone through my experiences of being betrayed by quote unquote Christians, even to the point of bragging about how easy I'd be to be killed. But that's another story. But I want to bring somebody to Second uh, Samuel one twenty seven. This is interesting because we're talking about the weapons that God is going to give them. How are the mighty fallen and their weapons of war perished? Now, I want to share something with you. I have never read that before. The word mighty in, uh, you know, and I'm going to the uh, reference is Gibor, from which we get the word Giborim, or the giants, okay? So it says, how are the giants fallen and the weapons of war perished? Ninety percent of secret operations around the world as it relates to alien technology and ancient technology is based on those weapons. I can tell you this, and again, I, I, I had to opt out trying to get people to understand this stuff is real because I understand how beyond normal thinking it is. The only people that seem to believe it are the video gamers. They say, oh, yeah, that's just like uh, Halo 5. I don't even know what Halo 1, 2, 3, and 4 are, okay, except a video game. But I think the fascinating thing is is that that's coming from Second Samuel 127. And how are the mighty fallen? You see, people just read the word mighty and they think it's a normal person, you know? Or they read the word the dead in eight passages of Scripture and they don't understand it's talking about the Rephaim. And for the record, the Rephaim are the giants. The valley of the Rephaim or the valley of Rapha is is uh you know i think eight times in scripture and the dead is talking about the dead are the rephaim the giants yes. so the thing is is that you see scripture's there but the bible says it's within the heart of a king to search out a matter and you know this is something i remember derek prince saying god does not answer the casual inquirer he answers the diligent seeker amen you know just like and, uh deliverance is for the the desperate there and uh the time is running out, Steve, for people to make a decision what they're going to do. God has, by his mercy, held back judgment from this land, but he will only do it for so long. Nuclear, biological, chemical attack is coming to this country, folks. Martial law will be imposed. Okay, and many people think, Steve, that the government has a contingency plan to take care of the citizenry. Folks, uh, the, can I tell you what the contingency plan is? Yes. This was told to me by multiple generals, 200 million Americans die. Now, the question we've got to ask, Bruce, we've got the entire, why would the President of the United States, let's, let's get some of your people in the chat room involved in this, why would the President of the United States leave on the 2nd, especially now when, if you've seen some of the gesticulations in his face and stuff, do you know that the President of the United States made the statement that if the Republicans win, and I want to make something clear, in my world, the way I see the Republicans and Democrats, I say vote all incumbents out, okay? Yes. I see them as both prostitutes working different sides of the street, but they're both at the end of the day. You know, one's on the left side, one's on the right side, and as, at the end of the day, people are basically taken for their money, and they end up, you know, uh, being raped. How does that sound? The point that I'm trying to make is this, is that we are in a crisis situation where the President of the United States said this, the most divisive statement I've ever heard is that if the Republicans win, there will be hand-to-hand -hand combat in the streets. Did you hear that? Man, I did not. But that sounds almost like his threats uh, back when they were trying to push together all this um, financial backing without even having a chance to read the bill. Right. Well, they never read any of the bills. And they're threatened that if they don't, martial law will be imposed. 
You've got uh, you know, people still think that maybe there's a civil defense program, Steve, that there's underground shelters for the people. What they don't know is that the only thing that's been built underground is for the elite. Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, I wrote a book on that years ago, and, and I was into Russian civil defense, Swiss civil defense, Finnish civil defense, U.S. civil defense, uh, and, and I have a new sponsor uh, on my website that builds custom bunkers for people, you know? Yes. And, and the Tecton guys, and I can tell you point blank that there is no civil defense in the United States outside of on a personal level. Steve, but, when I was living in uh, the Republic of Panama back in 2005, I had an opportunity yep. to talk to the largest seller of freeze-dried goods in America. And he told me at that time when there was a shortage of some of the mountain house food, I believe it was, or Alpine, he said the machines were running 24 hours around the clock, pumping out high-quality, uh, long-term storage rations for the elite, and it was going underground, not only in this country but overseas. And uh, I'm here to tell people that the government knows that something is coming, and there is no plan for you and I. That's oh, no, why... And, Outside there of Jesus is a plan, Christ. Bruce. Let me correct you. Well, there is a plan for you and I. <laughs> you know, uh, like I heard one of them say to me one time. He said, "Well, since you believe in God, we can't wait for you to meet him." And I said to them, "Well, since you believe in the devil, you first. Let me add that it's uh, it's called uh, one way in, no way out. Uh, you don't want to be standing in a line, folks, to go in the Superdome. You remember what happened last time? There are caps in this country. Okay." They do plan to cull down this uh, population here in America. Okay, we are the the last target that must be taken out before the New World Order can come into full power. And, uh, again, the elite don't care about you and I. They have their underground bunkers. They've got them in Denver, Colorado. They've got them in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, across this country. And they can care less about you and I. Outside of Jesus Christ, you and I don't have a um, a rat's chance. No, we don't. And by the way, I want to respond to a story that came out, that like it's a news story, not a news story. The story about unknown Russian missiles in shipping containers. I don't know if you saw that, Bruce. No, I, but I want to talk to you about that because I've been seeing Russians, brother, in the state of Georgia. But go ahead and give me your update on well, that. No, it's just that basically the Russians developed and the Chinese did too. And I, I don't know that it's fair to say Russians developed them, but they might have jointly developed them. The typical 40-foot or 20-foot sea containers, and basically they're they're nothing but launch pods. Oh, Just yeah. imagine if you've ever seen the Patriot missile; it looks like a scale down. But let me say this: that's not that's that's such old news. And let me give you a good example. Yes. Remember when TWA, what was it, Flight 700 was shot down? Yes. There were eyewitnesses that they saw shipping containers open up and a missile come out of them. Okay, is that part of that, uh, it has something to do with the term club? Um, I remember seeing that. No, uh, they can be... I mean, I don't know what you're referring to, Bruce, but I can tell you this. Remember, there were hundreds, maybe even approaching thousands of witnesses who each one were visited and told they didn't see what they saw. I'm talking about the, uh, the technology they've got to build the missile platforms in these cargo containers that are brought in uh, into our harbors, ports of entry, they can be loaded on an 18-wheeler, and um, they can be remotely activated. And I mean, Steve, um, people say, well, you know, certainly our government wouldn't allow that to happen. But correct me if I'm wrong. Um, our, we used to have 24-hour um, air coverage. Yeah, our strategic air command is gone, okay? Wasn't that decommissioned? They never brought that back, did they? 
Yes, George Bush Sr. did it. And by the way, he's the same one that gave away all of the uh, bases, the military bases, close to over 100 military bases. So when I hear the, uh, let's just say this, lesson or the cranial challenged people saying they don't know, they, where could they hide 400,000 troops? It's real simple. Every single base that was built during the Cold War had underground facilities to protect the troops against a nuclear attack. I can't tell you how many reports are coming in of, of, of Eastern Europeans, of Russians, of Chinese, of people here who the people say, look, these people are military. They, they act different. They talk different. They're very, very, they're very, uh, what should I say, very disciplined. And they're speaking either German or Chinese or Russian or whatever, you know. Steve, I was at the post office about two weeks ago, and the Lord gave me the sermon. I'm sitting there waiting to mail a package, and a lady's up at the counter speaking in Russian, uh, Russian accent, rather, and she's sending a package back to Russia. But I've been seeing them everywhere. I said, where is this coming from? And then something occurred to me. If you look at Dmitry Dudeman's prophecy, he said there's going to be a trigger event in America, and while the government is busy... Dealing with the internal riot, the Russian Spetsnaz troops are going to sabotage our nuclear power plants, and then it's Red Dawn invasion, Cuba, Mexico, Nicaragua, and Central America right up to the southern border. And I want to add, too, correct me if I'm wrong, how many times have have we detected uh, Chinese or Russian subs within firing range off of our east and west coast? Well, continually, and they used to mock us on that. And one of the funny stories is about a month ago, Obama and the actual uh, White House Whiskey Hotel, um, the Whiskey Hotel is the White House designation, and some of their designators will probably change it now. But basically, he gave the stand-down order that we were not to intercept Russian subs or planes. Now, look, you can say that that didn't happen. I can tell you from people in the military, that happened. We were even ordered that we would have to take the first uh, hit from under Clinton. I remember that. Yep. Um, we got a listener out there that says, what's coming for Canada? And I want to ask you, I had heard some time back that uh, China made its um, plans known to the Canadian government, and they basically said, we're coming down and going to invade the United States, so either you're on our side or we'll take you along the path. Uh, have you heard about any? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, Bruce, channel, uh, you know, that's, that's like, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, but that's 20-year-old intel, okay? That's old intel, Obama yes. let it slip that there's going to be 57 states in the United States. Canada's going to be annexed after that point. Wow. And I'll tell you something else. A Canadian general, and he got in a lot of trouble, he was picked up in, a, in the clear talking about the stupid Americans. When we come in and dispossess them, we're taking all their stuff. Steve, we're going to come back to CERN and Anik Krakatoa, but I want to ask you a question. Um, you had an opportunity to meet uh, people in the intelligence community, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we brought in under uh, D- Department of Homeland Security uh, ex-Stasi. I'm talking about Eastern uh, We're talking about the head of the East German secret intelligence called the Stasi, Marcus Wolf. Well, Marcus We're also Wolf. talking about the head of uh, uh, the KGB's intelligence for, you know, he was basically over the Middle East, uh, Yevgeny Primakov, a friend of mine, uh, who I told you was a leading uh, money launderer in the world uh, before his death, and while he was active with the agency, he basically was friends with Yevgeny Premikov. I was with him and another, I think I was in L.A. with him, when basically he got called by the State Department because at one point Primikov was being touted as possible successor to Boris Yeltsin. Steve, are we I mean, lost I was our there, minds? Bruce, I'm, I'm there. 
I'm just telling you. So Primakov is the one that stay, stated, I think, his, his exact words were, I've never met the man, by the way. Uh, uh, I just was privy to the fact that this guy I'm sitting with is talking to, uh, you know, somebody in the State Department asking what can he, my friend, and my friend's name, his nickname was Tex, tell them about Premikov. Their intelligence was so bad, Bruce, that they had to basically go back to the old human guys, human intelligence, meaning the old spies, to find out, you know, what they have so many holes. See, let, let, me, let me share something with you. We got all this crap that's high technology, but one of the things the Russians and Chinese are masters of, and, and I, I commend them for it, is they still know the basis of human intelligence. It's not the event that will tell you what's going to happen. It's the people that can tell you what's going on, you know? Yes. You can have the biggest building in Moscow or in Siberia or in uh, Chengdu, China, but, you know, you can have a picture of it and you can have every cool scan of it with a high-res you know, uh, satellite, but, you know, unless you know what's going on there, what good is a scan? And that's what's happening with all this electronic intelligence. See, I think God's taking them in their own trap, Actually, I could add crap. They can have everything that they, they can have a gazillion pictures, okay? But they don't have the human intelligence any longer to be able to, um, what would you say, uh, discern or tell what's going on with something. Just like this container thing. You know that I spoke about that whole container missile system probably the second year I was on the radio, which would have been 14 years ago. Wow. 14 years ago. And I'm not saying whoopee. I'm just saying, you see, it's, it's like this. Truth is always met with, first of all, denial, ridicule, ad hominem attacks. That means kill the messenger. And then final acceptance. And then the actual final thing in that is it becomes a revelation to the person, and they forget who told them, and they take credit for it. And I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact, what does this mean? You drew uh, the uh, allusion to it. And by the way, we'll go where the Holy Ghost tells us to go. Anak Krakatau, and this is what's so important, is getting ready to erupt. The spirit keeper of the volcanoes of Indonesia just died. The reason I believe he died was to make room for the new one that's coming. Wow. I believe, and this is something that people have got to understand, that that you know that the president of the United States is superstitious. He carries the monkey god Hanuman as a charm in his pocket. Okay, this is stuff you can go on the internet. Yes. I posted it on my side, so I'm not making any of this stuff up. And what's critical for people to understand about this is that when you've got someone superstitious, they're open to any form of supernatural deception that can be imagined, okay? And I, I've been accused, they say, you believe in the God of the Bible. That's just, you know, that's just this or that's just that. And so I got news for you. History tells me what my God he has done. I've seen uh, his hand in my own life. I've seen his hand in the lives of others. So don't tell me that, you know, uh, my God is the same as everyone else's God. You know, this, that's the exclusivity of Jesus. No man can claim to be a Christian and claim Jesus is just one of the uh, other many, uh, you know, ascended masters. Makes me crazy when I hear that. God, have mercy. Um, Steve, we're in perilous times. And again, I want to tell people we're not trying to sow fear out here for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind but we are not supposed to be caught unawares just as jesus says you can look up and you know look at the color of the sky and know that you know tomorrow there'll be rain even the stork knows it's appointed times um so we've been shown the signs and then given the uh the things to look for 
to know that Jesus Christ is returning soon. But I'm telling well, you, your opportunity to make a decision for Christ is rapidly coming to an end, and um, there's a lot at work, Steve, that uh, could take our lives at any moment. I mean, well, the volcanoes are just one example. Well, no, I don't. I didn't think they're one example. I made the statement, Bruce, and again, I'm reminding those who listened to me in the old days when I was on at Johnstown KHNC in Johnstown, Colorado. I said there's going to come a day when all of hell is going to be moved from beneath, and all of the volcanoes of consequence are going to come alive at once. Let me ask you, you a straight question about this volcano. Um, we know that uh, hell lies in the the bowels of the earth. Yeah. Uh, my thinking is, if you wanted a straight shot down to hell, probably one of the gateways is going to be through a volcano. Is that um, the significance? Well, yeah, of this and, and that's real. You know, and, and that's why the volcano. That's why the Hawaiians and some of the South Pacific people sacrifice humans by throwing the Vestal Virgin or you know into the volcano because they felt like they could you know satisfy the hunger of the giants that were contained underneath the volcano by human sacrifice, and that basically, once he was fed, he'd go to sleep for another thousand years until the next time he woke up and got hungry. I'm making that very simple, but that's about as easy as it gets. And we're going to take your break in just a moment, folks, and be back for the third hour. But, you know, I didn't plan this, Steve. When I read it this morning, it said, uh, he was talking about uh, Jacob, and it says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven, over in Genesis twenty-eight seventeen, Yep. Uh, it talks about the gates of heaven. It also talks about the gates of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Sure. So what do we talk about when we talk about heaven? We talk about the pearly gates, right? So my understanding is uh, these evil men, these scientists, are actually trying to open up these gates, these portals, these stargates, into the bowels of hell, to um, basically tap into those uh, demonic spirits that are well, it's not necessarily demonic spirits. It's also you know yes, that's part of it, but it's also fallen angels, okay? Because the fallen angels, and let me make this clear, and there are people that will argue with me, but I can prove it out of the book of Enoch, I can prove it out of the word of God. Fallen angels do not inhabit people generally, okay? Right. They do, obviously, at the point the Antichrist is, you know, uh, if the man of sin is absolutely possessed by Satan, and obviously Judas was a good example. But generally, demons are disembodied spirits. Right. It's, you know, and and this is what I'm trying to say. It's a supernatural call from Anak Krakatau. Anak, you know, in the scripture, is, is the, the Anak was the king of the giants, a specific, uh, you know, group of giants, from which come the Anakim, A-N-A-K-I-M, which, by the way, Luke uh, Skywalker, yeah, uh, what was Anakin, his, uh, uh, Anakin his father. Skywalker, you know? Yes. So the thing is, is that what I'm trying to say in this whole thing is, is that there is a scream that uh, that was heard by an impressionist in Norway after Krakatoa exploded the first time. Here is how wow. I can say it clearly. And even the Smithsonian records that it messed him up big time. I believe what he heard at that point that the eruption was uh, uh, initiated was the things that were bound in the bowels of the earth, and it was not their time to release. 
I believe this time, let's just say this, there's going to be a volcano movement, and what has been released is going to come forth. And that's when, and no pun intended, but that's when all hell breaks loose. And if you notice the scripture I read about war in heaven, it says basically in, in Revelation 12, it's talking about those things being bound in the earth are coming upon the earth. And that's why Romans did, tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing, things to come, things present, things to come, things in the earth and in heaven, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Steve, it's I kind of like, you know, God, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to the Lord, but, you know, the bottom line is it's like the Lord says, there's a time when he rolls up his sleeves, you follow me? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's when he stands up for us. The idea that the living God, who we have sinned and trespassed against, and done all manner of sin and evil, will forgive us, and instead of punishing us, he puts his son, the object of the focus and the locus of the entire uh, 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 unfathomable love of God, and he puts it on Jesus, and Jesus dies for us. That's what won me to Jesus Christ as a pagan. That's what won me to Jesus Christ as a despicable human being. And that's why. And by the way, I wasn't coming to Jesus when I came to him because I was downtrodden. I was uh, having the time of my life. And, and so what I'm telling you, though, is when God gave you, uh, gave me, and he gives each one of us that chance to respond to Jesus, that was a time I said, I'm not going to pass up that offer for anything. Amen. And uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back on with Steve Quill. Uh, stand by, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Mega Man Radio Network. Steve Quill on tonight. We'll be back shortly. And we're back with uh, Steve Quill. Steve. Yes, sir, I'm here. Qu- question for you. I know we're in perilous times, and uh, the, the probably prevailing question is, what do we do to endure till the end? Uh, we're seeing the the collapse of everything, including starting with the financial system. Gold and silver is going crazy. What do we do? Well, first of all, you know, you get serious with your relationship with Jesus. I don't think casual, uh, you know, what I call... Uh, <laughs> Penance is going to do anything. Penance is where you think you go to church on Sunday and somehow that buys you grace for the week, okay? I think that God is so specific in his love for us, he's going to tell each and every one what to do, and he's going to lead us, you know, to the people he needs to lead us. One of the things I get from talking about this stuff is I get people, which I do, uh, praying that they say, I've never heard the voice of God. Bruce, I can't tell you how many times I hear that, and I don't make fun of that. I have prayed. I have a dear friend, one of my dearest friends in the whole world. Every day that I pray for him, I don't pray for him every day, but the days I pray for him is I want him to hear. You know, he's fighting health issues. He's been the most generous guy to my ministry, just a lovely, lovely brother in the Lord. And I want more than anything, you know. You see, Bruce, I think God has answers. And the answer for that question is this, get close, stay close, and absolutely learn to obey. And the answer in everything is once you've prayed to thank the Lord. I tell people, I said, I I, I put myself through this exercise. Whenever I'm getting out of sorts, and believe me, I do a lot, is I I sit down and I, I either walk through a checklist, you know, Thank God I no longer fly, but I used to be a pilot, you know. Uh, <laughs> a funny story, I learned to fly helicopters after I had my fixed ring rating, and, I, and the only way I could explain it is a white guy in the airplane, in a helicopter breakdancing in the air, okay? <laughs> Needless to say, I thought, you know, I probably don't have the concentration for this, but the point is, is that... Uh, 
or the skill at that point. But I, hey, at least I, I just, like one of my instructors said, he said, "Man, I didn't think the helicopter could do that." Let me ask you: Did uh, did you ever try to fish for sharks with a helicopter? No, and I'll tell you. Let's tell. Let's let people in on that, okay? When I was wild, ladies and gentlemen, I used to spend a lot of time in Hawaii, and one of the things I wanted to do more than anything was to basically get a hook, and helicopters have the capability for long lining, and I wanted to go shark fishing with a helicopter, and and (laughs) Bruce, God bless him, arranged that for me. We never did it, but why why don't you tell the story if you feel, you know, without giving any names or anything. (laughs) This is Uh, a true story. You know, Bruce, if you and I were talking about this, people think, well, number one, they know, Hey, Steve's really out there, but, you know, unless you were the one that put me in contact, let's just leave it at this. You put me in contact with one of the most well-known uh, uh, helicopter pilots in the in the country, and he is. I'm not flattering him, but he is. And he invited me up to Alaska to do just that, did he not? Absolutely. Uh, in, in fact, uh, yes, the, the last frontier up there, that's a beautiful place, Steve. You know, if I could live anywhere for... Uh, six months out of the year, that's where I would live. That place is so beautiful. And uh, well, yeah, and I like the Alaskans' <laughs> attitude, you know. And I mean, oh, yeah. you know, what what a great what a great country, you know. And I mean, some of the most beautiful country in the world. And I mean, seriously, you know. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that's that's for the hardy. That's not for the foolhardy. Man, and that flying is in Alaska. I mean, you got to be some of the best bush pilots in the world. Absolutely, that is the truth. But. um yeah, just so, you know, people were saying, hey, I mean, it's just the world has gone crazy. The financial system is uh, going crazy. They want to crank the CERN back up. Um, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, well, no, North and South Korea firing shots at each other at the border the other day. Listen, um, let, me, let me make it clear to everyone. This is all planned. This is all absolutely scripted. This is going according to their book. The whole Muslim Christian Jew fighting everybody, you know. I mean, this is this is this is all going according to plan. Okay, in the New World Order, every last vestige of God, His creation, including mankind. You don't know it, ladies and gentlemen. You may not live to fight it, but they want your kids and grandkids extincted. The whole H plus, that's human plus. It boils down to this: you'll never die. You'll never have to face a judgment. You'll get a new body. They'll just download your brain. They'll attenuate you. You'll be Superman, super lover. And by the way, do you know, Bruce, that, that the majority think money being spent right now in the texture of skin and robotics and, and M- M-bots, I think that's what they call them, uh, is in the sex realm. Do you know that the porn- pornography industry, and I, I'm not making this up and I'm not laughing. Well, I am laughing, but, you know, I mean, d- see, when when what's crazy, okay, What's crazy is they even think they can improve on the way God made Adam and Eve. You follow me? That's right. I mean, they're t- we're talking about uh, 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 horrific amounts of money being spent so you can have sex with a robot. And then if that isn't good enough, and by the way, these are these are even stories that are on Wired magazine. You know, I've got them linked on my site someplace that you can basically pay at some point in whatever form or function to basically experience what it's like to have sex with whoever your favorite movie star is because you'll be able to tap into their, you know, their electrochemical orgasm. God, have mercy. Uh, it's going on, folks. Go check out what the Japanese have done with the real dolls, and that's old technology. 
I mean, it's uh, it's sickening, and that's why God's going to judge uh, this world. And you know, it says judgment starts first in the house of the Lord. Right. To, so, Bruce, let's get back to this. Let's because this is critical. And I don't know, has anybody answered you in your email or on your chat form? Why would the President of the United States, who hails from Indonesia, who basically is the, um, he believes he's Hanuman, and I, I'm not going to take the time oh, to wow, explain that's right. that. H-A-N-U-M-A-N. He went to school in Jakarta. Huh? He went to school in Indonesia. He's, uh, he's Indonesian. Yeah, yeah, or but Kenya. why is he returning there when the volcano's ready to blow? And why is it that, that just, that it's already, you see, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you wow. is this is that when the old man on the mountain who was a spirit keeper, that guy was demon-possessed, okay? Yes. And by the way, the, the airlines for Indonesia, in case anybody would like to know what they're called, they're called spirit airlines, okay? Interesting. So, That's the truth. Yeah, so all I'm saying is this, is that, you know, I say this, if God were to give us neon signs, he couldn't make it any brighter than they are right now. I mean, you know, it's like it's like all of the warning signals are going off in unison, it's Anak Krakatoa is, in my opinion, it is the navel to, and I mean the navel, literally the belly button, and this is not just me. And by the way, my, my dear friend Sue has written the most extensive uh, God-given revelation of this, and, and also Sabine, those two are a powerhouse of, of I mean, they, they're, they're just off the charts. I'm not flattering them, but God's given them insight, and I go, how do you guys come up with that stuff? And and they 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 have a different thing. So that's on a that's on my website. It's part one, part two, part three, and part four. So you see, people think all oh, you know. I'm told I'm full of you know what because I talk about the giants and people don't believe about them. Blah 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 blah. And yet Jesus himself said the days of Noah. And we're right. talking about supernatural events. Come on, you cannot read the book of Revelation and think somehow that's just flippers on a uh, pinball machine. You know, we're not. We're 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 just an occult nation. We have done abominable things. Tyre and Sidon, even Sodom and Gomorrah, did mock, did not mock the Son of God as this nation has. You know, Steve, well, uh, is he going back over there? Do you think to um, make contact with one of the spirits coming out of that thing? Well, uh, I don't think you're listening to me, Bruce. I believe that he is going to become empowered with with the spirits that are coming out oh, of the volcano, goodness. and whether he's going knowingly or being drawn there. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like if you remember the movie uh, Close Encounters of a uh, Third Kind that Spielberg did, they were all drawn to Devil's Tower, you follow me, in yes. Wyoming. And by the way, I was just told, and I didn't realize this, that Devil's Tower is on the 134th, I think, ley line or 104th, and the guy that told me that has really done his homework. And if you understand where ley lines intersect, that's the places where the stargates. And stargates don't look like you see on the TV. Let they me ask you up. something. Uh, you just took my memory back years. Uh, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was taking uh, world geography, and I remember my uh, teacher one day, he was talking about the uh, the Devil's Tower. Yep. And he said there were things found on the top when it was originally explored. And I said, well, what were they? And he says, I can't repeat it. Um was he pulling my leg, or was there actually something found up on the base of that thing at the top? I Did don't you ever know hear that, that story. Yeah, but I'm telling you this: there's a reason why they call it the Devil's, Devil's Tower. Devil's Tower, for instance, in uh, Mammoth. Uh, when you go uh, Mammoth, not uh, Mammoth Hot Springs in, in Montana, in the Gardner entrance to Yellowstone Park, there's a thing called Devil's Slide. And as I was doing my background information on Yellowstone Park. The Native Americans didn't want the white men to know about it because they felt it was one of the gateways to hell, okay? 
So there's always been an association with volcanoes and bubbling stuff and sulfur. You know this, that when Jesus uh, commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the gathering demoniac, the word unclean in the Greek is foul-smelling. And you've yes. been enough deliverances, you know, with all of the body fluids and the smell. And what does it smell like? It stinks. It smells. They're unclean spirits. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so the thing is with Krakatoa, let me make it really simple then, because, I mean, this is a whole, this is a whole, everybody can read this on my website. Go to stevequail.com and go to the alert on 117 uh, uh, earthquakes going on in Anak Krakatoa. The, the whole idea of Anak, it means that which descends of the giant, okay? The South Pacific is filled with the stories of the giants. When the giants fled the promised land, when, because Joshua and Caleb, uh, Caleb, they weren't leaving any stone unturned. I mean, man, these guys had large oar strokes, okay? Plus, they also had technology. They could go through the gates and get to the South Pacific. And one of the things that people have got to understand is the giants are not uh, uh, vegans, okay? They ate people. The That's cannibalism, right. The cannibalism in the, in, even in the, the uh, South Pacific, I've got a wonderful book on, uh, not wonderful, but I've got a pretty informative book on cannibalism. And, Bruce, that's one of the things I said. I said, look, you're going to know we're in the last days when two things happen, and that's going to be cannibalism's coming back and all the stories of the German cannibals and all the different stuff. But also, I said, and, and the headless demon is coming on the scene. Now, I don't like to talk about uh, too much demonology stuff, but I will tell you this, that here is the key, ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to do. You have to go to Jesus Christ and himself, those of you who are Christians, and say, Lord, your word says... You have given me power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, did Jesus say, Bruce, some of the power of the enemy? No, sure. He all said all. all. See, That's you right. know, this is what's crazy about us. We don't take God as word, so we think that all mean well. That means some of the stuff, but not all. God says, do you hear well? You know? No, we hear what we want to hear, or we hear what our preconceptions tell us to hear. So let me repeat that scripture again. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt thee. Okay? The, in, 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 before Jesus came to earth as our Savior and, and, and died on, on Calvary and <laughs> excuse me, was resurrected, you know, the thing is, is that you had to know the name of the demon and you had to know the name of the angel that ruled over him to have control over him. Okay? So one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the world, and by the way, this was a Holy Spirit revelation to me, by the mercy of God, is, is that when Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And when he said, In my name you should cast out demons, look, we don't have to find out. Now, the reason Jesus asked Legion, uh, you know, Spirit, what is thy name, is because he was teaching the disciples that so many times their name will tell their nature, and That's you right. can deal with them. Amen. And, but some of them come out with only much prayer and fasting. Man, that's exactly right. But the key here is, folks, uh, Jesus did give us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And you need to know this spiritual warfare to fight these things that are going to be unleashed. Steve, uh, what do you know about the Forbidden Zone over in the Grand Canyon region? Well, okay, I'm the one that pretty much broke that story. Um, let me tell you this. One of the neat things about Coast to Coast, and I, I want everyone to know this, I absolutely you know, have been blessed because when I've been on coast to coast, and God bless 
Lisa, God bless George Norrie, because, you know, he does a good job of extracting stuff out of me. But after I did his show talking about the Grand Canyon, uh, and that's the basis for my book, Long Walker, or, yeah, Long Walkers, they should read that. Everybody should read that because a lot of the stuff in the Grand Canyon is based around uh, the discovery of Professor Kincaid, who's a real person in uh, the late 1800s, the Phoenix Gazette carried the story that they had found an Egyptian citadel with giant Egyptian mummies. I actually told that story on Coast to Coast, and I got a call from a special operations guy who was scared to death, running for his life, saying I was in the extraction team of that. I can wow. tell you this, even the uh, natives, that, uh, Native Americans will tell you, some of those areas are off limits, but why is it that all of the names of, you're going to love this, of the surrounding areas have Egyptian names, you know? That's right. See, uh, yeah, and, and see, the deal is, is, listen, Columbus didn't discover the United States or uh, America, you know? The Chinese didn't even discover it, though they were here before Columbus. Man, it goes back to the Egyptians and the technology. The Indians from India, you know, were over here 4,000 years ago. Wow. And somebody says, well, how did they get from India here? Well, I mean, go go, go read their ancient texts. And, and if you notice something, India is probably one of the most technologically advancing societies in the world now, even more so than China, okay? Even though China just boasted the fastest supercomputer that I'm sure made the NSA, uh, National Security Agency, sit up and take notice, you know? You see, technology is advancing. The Book of Daniel, and boy, we're all over the place, but this must be the place it needs to go. Uh, you know, the, the book of Daniel talks about knowledge being sealed up until the end time. And, 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 and you know, and go thy way, Daniel, because, you know, knowledge is going to increase. But right now, Bruce, the thing that's going on is the ancient technology that's out there. When I say ancient, I'm talking about stuff that would just dazzle your brain and dazzle your mind. It did me. But, you know, Jesus said an amazing statement. This is not a cop-out. It's just I got tired of, of trying to defend the stuff that most people can't believe, and that's simply this. He said, if I've told you earthly things and you believe me not, how can I tell you heavenly things? Man, that if is If you won't believe truth. what you see and hear, how can I tell you about things you can't see? How can I tell you about things you can't hear? Steve, yeah. um, people think that here in 2010, we're the most technologically advanced society ever walked the globe. Yet uh, I don't share that opinion. I believe that we've kind of taken the roller coaster ride in history and that uh there's not really anything new under the sun is it there possible isn't. that's yeah and that's the smartest man in the world there's never been anybody like him okay uh the thing is is that it's interesting the downfall of solomon i want to make a, a statement here you can have all the answers intellectually but it, it can be the emotions that take you down i mean come on let's face it the guy was ruled by his loins you know and yep. after he got his sexual uh, appetite satisfied, then he went into the occult, you know, and that's what took Samson down. Uh, not Samson, forgive me, Solomon. Well, it also took that's Samson right. down. But Solomon I'm talking about because Solomon got into the occult. And the women that he was, let's just say this, sharing his uh, kingship with, how's that for delicate, you know, <laughs> is the fact is, is that they were leading him to worship other gods. Now, if I, you know, see, this is what makes me crazy. And when I say crazy, some people say, you shouldn't say a negative confession. Okay, how about upsets me greatly? Is the fact that there's so much, Bruce, in the Word of God, and yet some preacher's got to get up and give his testimony about a golf game and the hole-in-one being the metaphor for when he met Jesus. Excuse me? 
Good is grief. the gospel of our Savior that trite? Are your metaphors that poor? And can you just not wait to get on the golf course? And my answer to that is and become a professional golfer and go hit the PGA Tour. But don't, you know. Steve, it says before Jesus returns, it will be a great falling away. And you know what? Great people is massive. And you cannot fall away unless you've once been there. Uh, I believe that the American church, Steve, is getting set up for the great deception. These things that we're talking about tonight are going to come on this country, catch people off guard. The mainstream preachers have not been preaching the truth. They've been telling people they're going to get out of here before any persecution and tribulation. And then when this comes, Jesus says, many will be offended for my sake. Offended at persecution and tribulation that's coming. And so that's the point of doing these shows, folks. We're trying to wake you up and tell you that some terrible things have got to happen before the Lord can return. And uh, if you're aware of this, it's not going to catch you like a thief in the night, and you're not going to faint. Or you're not going to say, well, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. I'd rather take the mark of the beast. I mean, uh, I believe, Steve, that uh, everybody listening tonight will have an opportunity to do just what the disciples did, and that will be deny Christ or stand by his side. And, uh, folks, if all the 12 disciples ran, how much more so are we going to stand that uh, test if if we're not aware that uh, some terrible things have got to happen before the return of the Lord? Right. Um, Steve, where are we going financially? Again, going gold and silver is going well, crazy. What's going on with the financial market? First of all, the love of money is the root of all evil. The control of money is the control of all evil. Jesus said it, and the international bankers have been living it ever since, uh, you know, they figured out how to basically fleece the flock and make the flock happy by keeping them entertained. That's pretty simplistic. We are, we are in the United States, it is, I would say this, it is impossible to quantify the debt because it's a quadrillion dollars. Everyone's home who they think they might own it, even if it's paid, you better go track the title to it because Bruce... What I see is this whole thing was a giant scam scheme. And can you imagine someone owning a house, quote, free and clear, only to find out that the people they paid for the mortgage to pay them off didn't actually have title legally? God have mercy. That's horrible, but it's true. But it's true. So I can see, look, I made the statement, and people laughed at this. And I, Look, when I say people laughed, I'm setting the record straight, okay? I get people that still tell me, oh, you're a prophet of gloom and doom. Everything's fine. 42 million people are on food stamps, 17 million people, 17 million students who graduated from college can't find college jobs, okay? And I'm not just talking about current graduates, I'm talking about the last five years. You've got record bankruptcies approaching 2 million this year. You've got commercial real estate falling. You've got absolutely no uh, uh, manufacturing base. You've got no way to turn it around, and yet people hope in hope. It's just like this, Bruce. I tell people, I literally talk to people every day that trust that their IRAs, KEOs, and 401Ks are going to save them when everything I know from the smartest people in the world, and by the way, when I talk to people who are billionaires or work for them, these are not fake people. These are real people I talk to. And they say, Steve, the decision's been made to take the dollar down to 50 cents on the dollar. That means no matter what you have, the purchasing power is halved. And that's wow. without figuring in uh, uh, price increases. So the only way to keep even with it is gold or silver. Lindsay Williams pretty much made it easy, Bruce, for people to understand. 
if you don't have gold and silver, and look, there are people that can't afford it. So my answer to that is there are people that do have gold and silver whose hearts will be touched by the Lord to help those who don't, okay? Just like the woman, okay? And it was an impossible situation when she sent me the email last night, or, yeah, last night, or forgive me, whatever night it was on, Friday night it must have been, you know, uh, at 5, 5.34, and within 10 minutes she's got her answer by a man's generous gift who didn't even know that I was going to offer, and this guy has listened to me for a long time, you know, the guy that donated the gift he won. You see, that touches my heart, you know? But anyway, here's what's going to happen. People are going to be homeless by the millions, okay? But it's not the homelessness that's going to start the insurrection, which, by the way, I maintain has already started. You cannot have a man that hates and puts uh, uh, hates the United States of America as the President of the United States, and he hates it. All you got to do is read what he says. You cannot have a, quote, uh, country divided against itself with a civilian police force separate from the military that's going to be stocked with little Marxist henchmen. You cannot have that and maintain peace. Dmitry Duneman saw a civil war breaking out. When I said that on national talk radio 15 years ago, everybody would say, well, I hope not. I think you're wrong. Uh, Chinnam wrote the book Civil War II. Uh, obviously, uh, James Rawls wrote the book uh, The Patriot. And, and you know, there have been other books written like that. But here's what I'm trying to tell people. Tell me how it's going to turn around. You who challenge me and call me, and I'm, this is an open challenge, tell me how it's going to turn around. You see, what, what the problem with uh, socialism is, is, as Margaret Thatcher said, you know, sooner or later you run out of everybody else's money. And the rest of the world, Bruce, they're dumping U.S. Treasury bonds, bills, and notes. The 30-year bond, is, which has been the hallmark of our financial system, the foundation is, is gone, okay? And quantitative easing means you print money until the money has no value. What happens when the money runs out of value, when no one else will take it? Then they come up with a new money, you know? We're close to that point. Uh, will, will it be the American? I think or is it we be could be two weeks. And look, I'm going to tell you something. We could be two weeks away from the most horrific dollar devaluation. I don't know when the panic's going to start, but I know how it will start. It will start when Asia starts selling off the dollar. It will start when Asia starts buying gold in the aftermarket. When they start buying gold and silver, it's conceivable that you'll go to bed on a Friday. This is not a sales pitch. It's just fact. You know, what's amazing to me, too, Bruce, I, 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 people send me these statements that people listen to me and, you know, make all these accusations about I'm just a huckster or whatever. I've made more people more money in the gold and silver market because I didn't just start at this in the last year. Fifteen years ago, I put people in. So let's say somebody, and I had clients back then that would put two, three $300,000 into metals. What's it worth now at four times and five times the price? You know, Does the, well, name the answer is obvious. Evelyn Rothschild mean anything to you, Steve? Pardon? Evelyn Rothschild. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, sure. I mean, you know. One of the richest men in the world, folks, okay? And he was on CNBC, and they asked him, where are you putting your money? And he said, gold and silver. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, you probably caught this, Steve, but maybe some of the listeners didn't. Tony Robbins. Everybody remember the infomercial? King? Uh, positive power. You know, Tony Robbins? Personal power, excuse me? I saw a tape-recorded message. He's sitting at a... Uh, an airport before he's ready to hop a jet to go to Fiji, where he owns a part of an island over there. Yeah, and by the way, it's a private jet. He doesn't fly commercial. And he said, folks, listen, do not keep your money in the stock market. It's going to go down. Some of the people that he consults with, guys have made money every time. Even when the stock market crashed, they told him, Tony, get your money out of there. 
So if you think it's going to be safe in a stock market, in a 401k, even in the bank, I'm telling you, days coming, you're going to go to the ATM machines, your card is going to be rejected. What you don't have in your hand, you don't have. Uh, now, Steve, if someone asks for my advice, go ahead. Yeah, Bruce, listen, the, the, here's simple, simple math for everyone, okay? You cannot pay the gross domestic product in the United States is 13 trillion bucks. You cannot pay off 200 trillion dollars when nothing's being produced, nothing's being sold, and the whole bloody country is on welfare. So what's the plan? The plan was all along, and I'm the only guy that ever said this, and I can just say to my critics, you know, you can eat sand and turn into vitrified soil. The point is, is that China and India have the largest populations of any two countries in the world. By building up China and India, India first with information technology outsourcing and China with all our technology, we've, in essence, built up their middle class so the international bankers can go in and give them credit charts and charge them horrific interest and just do the whole thing all over again. Do you follow me? Absolutely. The plan is was to take away all our jobs, get rid of all of our industry, okay, strip us of our wealth, take away your homes, Folks, the goal is to put you in tent city so you have no other place to turn and you will line up for your MRE ration, a six-pack of bottled water in the Mark of the Beast. Absolutely. That's what they're going to do. Our only hope is Jesus Christ, and if you have any resources, use them wisely. You know, Steve, my advice, people say, well, what do you do? I say, well, one thing, God says, if you lend to the poor, it's as if you've lent to me, I will repay. Folks, help the poor. Uh, if you have some resources, put back some food. A man that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel. And if you have any cash, put it in some gold and silver, something can make a little bit of money, okay, and that you won't at least lose it. Uh, that's my advice. Beyond all that, you, you know probably... what, Bruce, let, let me share something with you. It doesn't, you know, as much sense as you're making, here's the problem, and it's the problem in 90% of Christians' walks, okay, those who profess to be evangelicals. Somehow they believe that trusting a paper market made by man, backed up by empty promises which are lies, is better than when God himself said gold and silver as just measures, okay? God has a lot to say about unjust measures. And the problem is, is most Christians don't want the responsibility for their own money. There's an old statement that says money will always pass, and specifically gold will pass from weak hands to strong hands, okay? You've got a press that you've got the mainstream press saying the market's going to turn around, the market's going to turn around. I'm telling you what's going to turn around. They are the guys who are lying, and they're going to be running for their lives. Because when the people figure out, and and they're not yet hungry enough, okay? Oh, there are people hungry. There are 42 million people taking and getting food stamps. But when people really get uh, furious, that's when they're going to get tired of all the BS. Now, look, in Indianapolis, and I think Indiana the other day, they were talking about moving guards to the unemployment offices, okay, armed guards. They were also saying, and then they backtracked, that if you have any kids who are special needs, to drop them off at homeless shelters, okay? God have mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, you may think that America is the land of the home, and what is it, the land of the free and home of the brave? Yes. But what it's become is it's become septic to the heart of God. The Lord is very clear what happens. He judges uh, individuals, usually in eternity, but he judges nations in history so that the other nations around might understand the Lord, he is holy. 
So when you hear a man that professes to be a Christian by choice, knocking God, mocking God, embracing and calling the Quran holy, when you understand that, and I can't, I don't even believe that Muslims, I, you know, I've read the Quran, I don't believe that idols are even okay in Islam, yet he carries all these talismans, and then he's endowed with the spirits of, uh, you know, Hanuman, and the, and, and the Hindu priests bring, a, you know, a golden uh, statue to him at the White House. You know, look, here's the deal. We're dealing with something that is so evil, so out of the grasp, and so out of the grasp of normal. Does he know who he is? Obama, I believe, does believe that he is this, uh, if you will, superhero. And I, I mean that from the standpoint of Michelle the other day made this statement, you know, that it's, she's attributed with the statement. She doesn't want him to run for president because the world needs him, okay? The See, my the opinion world. is he could be the man. I mean, it, yeah, it, I don't believe he's the, the I don't believe he's the AC. I believe he is the seat warmer. And I'll tell you okay. why. And, and this is something we don't have time to get into. But there's a reason, folks, why he has a teleprompter. There's a reason why he, those things are uh, basically his crutch. I maintain that they are electro-luministic optical mind-control devices. Oh. I don't believe he could stand his ground without the teleprompters, and I don't believe that his handlers would let him. And by the way, if you don't believe, and this is something you got to understand too, every president has a duplicate. And I don't mean necessarily a biological clone. Steve, is he a clone? I don't know that he's a clone. You remember they were going over and digging up the DNA out of the pharaohs over there? Yeah, but I'm telling you, isn't that interesting that they likened him to Tut, King Tut? Steve, I mean, it's possible. Um, surely yeah, we've got to be at that level of technology. All of a sudden we've got someone who claims that or, or the public claims would be the reincarnation of Pharaoh, King Tutankhamun, and then we've got Anubis, the Egyptian god of the death in New York Harbor with his spear pointed at the uh, uh, you know, reproductive track of Lady Liberty. Then we go to the, uh, uh, good night, the vision that A.A. A. Allen had with, with America dying in the Gulf, and then you get to all the poor people dying in the Gulf, and the Gulf of Mexico incident, which, by the way, was not an accident. You know, here's the thing. See, the problem with Americans are is we've lived in a blessed nation to the exclusion of understanding what made us blessed. And if it didn't make everyone crazy when, when the man who is now supposedly the president, and I say supposedly, uh, is saying that, you know, that he's off being uh, infested with uh, evil spirits, you know, I, I think there's something wrong here, Bruce, and the disconnect is, and by the way, every time he makes a statement about Christianity, none of the big guys rise up. I, I believe, though, I, I take that back. I was told, and I stand corrected, that Jack Van Impey really took him to task, and God bless him if he did that. But I, well, about but time I know for Jack, no I had else. almost given up on him. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, here's the thing. You see, the Christians are ripe for the slaughter. Yes. The Bible says, Jesus said, they're going to kill you and believe they're doing God a favor. Who's going to kill us? Let me make a statement. It is so true. Unbelief will always persecute faith. Every time a person says they love Jesus, the people that don't love Jesus say, you're more, you're trying to be super spiritual. You're trying to be, no, I'm just loving Jesus, you know. It's kind of like this. I got racked over the coals when I used to play uh uh, Jesus is just all right by the Doobie Brothers. But if you understand how many of those guys had genuine conversions, I'll tell you what, they're talking about someone that they know personally, and most of the people that are knocking those guys don't know Jesus personally. Oh, I'm telling you what, 
I've, I have had what I call rainbow Pharisees, okay? I have had uh, uh, seducing Sadducees. They can, they can sound so holy, so religious, you know? But when you ask them the basic question, look, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise, and they've Amen. never won a soul. I say, do you give to the poor? No. Do you care about the widows and orphans? No. You know, I said, then what do you do? Well, I intellectually understand. I said, that won't get you saved. You know, that won't get well, you saved. They're, they're coming to take everything you've ever worked for and everything that you you have, and they want to put you on a bread line. If uh, you want to survive what's coming, go back to the biblical principles, okay? Right. Honest now, hey, measures. we got we got to get to the poor? topic. Yeah, we've got to get to the do- topic, though, of how we fight spiritual warfare, Okay. First of all, it's going. It's a faith issue. The just shall live by his faith, okay? Yes. Second of all, I just read it. They overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. I would encourage everyone listening to my voice uh, to get Andrew Murray's book. Andrew Murray, a wonderful teacher. It's called There's Power in the Blood, okay? Amen. One of the most astounding... When you look at the blood, what does the blood do? The blood keeps us alive. It yes. carries waste away from our body. It provides oxygen so we can breathe, you know. It provides nutrients to every cell in our body. It is the communication process. The blood of the Lamb that flows through our veins upon acceptance of Jesus is such a marvelous, such a beautiful, such a glorious thing. The, the functions that take place, and by the way, for those who believe that we're just products of evolution, chemically determined, explain to me good and evil in that environment. And they'll say, well, it's adaptation. Uh-uh, because you're chemically determined. You cannot have a choice. You are predisposed to a certain function. Or those who say there are no absolutes, you just invalidated your argument because you've made an absolute statement. Bruce, here's how we overcome the devil. We overcome by getting, first and foremost, a revelation of who Jesus really is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I would recommend everybody goes and reads the book of Hebrews, especially the 11th chapter. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And yet, here's the other thing. We overcome them by our testimony. If you're afraid to share your testimony, you're already defeated. I'm sorry about saying that. David said, let the man whom the Lord has redeemed say so. By the way, when I was praying about this, I've never said that in my entire life before. I quoted the scripture. But the Lord said to me, tell my people that the testimony is a weapon to be used against the evil one. Wow. If you don't use your testimony, you don't have your weapon. Amen. Do you get me? Amen. I never said that thing before in my life. It was dropped into my spirit while I was praying about tonight. They came over. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto death. See, I get emails by the droves. And by the way, I will not, I will not answer anybody who sends me any anonymous emails anymore. Uh, and I won't. Or if you have a pen name or whatever, like, you know, God's Defender of the Faith, yeah, show me, you know. Show me. Because, again, I just don't buy it. You know, I don't buy it. I've stepped in it. I've smelled it. I have, uh, uh, you know, watched the horses produce it. I've watched the bulls produce it. I've watched people try to candy coat the BS. I've watched them try yes. to package the BS. I've seen everything they can do to BS. But at the end of the day, it's still BS. Steve, did you ever come across a guy named H.A. Maxwell White? No. He was a Canadian minister. Well, you mentioned Andrew Murray. I give another book title out there, folks. There's one called The Power of the Blood. 
by H.A. Maxwell White, uh, a man who was into spiritual warfare. Apparently, he um, mentored Derek Prince, if, if the story I heard was true. But you know what I, I learned out of that book? You know, the, Folks, you want to know what the, the nuclear weapon in spiritual warfare is? Just like Steve said, it's the blood of Jesus. And how do you Derek apply it? Prince, yeah. Yeah, I would say this, too. I would encourage everyone. They're free. You can go on YouTube and watch Derek Prince's. Yes. I think that his uh, presentation, the blood of Je- or God's atomic weapon, the blood of Jesus, I believe that is free download on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And you see, Bruce, what, stuff, what people have to understand is this. The natural mind receiveth not the things of God. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. The wise are content in their own arrogance and in their possession of knowledge that they think they can challenge him. But I think what people have got to understand is if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Unfortunately, the basic foundations of faith have never been established in most Christians' lives. They hear the scripture that uh, I am the good shepherd, you know. My sheep hear my voice, another will they not follow. And yet, most people that I talk to have never heard the voice of God. God, and that's tragic. Well, folks, you've got to turn your TVs off. You've got to turn off everything and get Amen. quiet. You've got to get into the Word of God daily. That's going to renew your mind. And you've got to apply the blood of Jesus. And what I wanted to share there is I get up every day, Steve, and I say I apply the blood of Jesus to me. I apply it to my apartment, to my car, to my children, to my family. And then I say I do it at night, too. And then I say, God, I ask that you would loose warrior angels to come down and surround me and my family. And um, then I put on the full armor of God. And I physically um, picture myself doing it. I'll say, I'll shod, I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I gird my loins about with truth. I put on the helmet of my salvation. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I pick up the shield of faith, and I pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, over in Ephesians 6. Right, and how did and, Jesus fight with the devil? The devil comes to me and says, you're a worthless so-and-so, Steve. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I say, you know, I say, you're right, but I have been made the righteousness in Jesus Christ through his sacrifice. I'm accepted and beloved. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. You start quoting what the Word says about you and not the uh, lies of the devil. Most people agree with the devil, and they basically resist God. It's supposed to be the other way around. power in the Word of God. There's power, life and death in the, it's in the power of the tongue. You've got to get into the Scripture and then use it, because it goes out there and it has an effect. And that's how you're going to stand in these times that are coming. Right. And and listen, Bruce, if people won't stand for Jesus now, they won't stand for him later. I am so cynical. And and, and so for those of you that say, that's sinful, then pray for me. I don't pretend not to be sinful. I just know this, that the point is, is that I cannot any longer tolerate the duplicity that is around me and that comes at me in emails. I, I basically don't answer emails anymore from, quote, the, uh, the the hecklers, and I don't address them on the radio anymore, or I won't. I, I think I did one time. Uh, by the way, I want to share something, Bruce. When I was praying about coming on this show tonight, I felt impressed that there's somebody listening this night that is either, and I'm, I'm look, I'm not trying to pull a TV thing, but I know this obedience is better than sacrifice. There is someone who's listening to me tonight. You are a prostitute or you are, or you are getting ready to sell your body because things are tough. I don't know which one it is, but here's what I want to share with you. You call me or you send me an email, I'll call you, and I will do whatever I can to get you off of that and out of that, okay? I mean it. And Bruce, I want you to know something. 
I have a wonderful brother. I'll just tell you his first name is Mike. And and all I can tell you is this, is this guy got hold of something in the Lord, and he's the most generous man I ever met. And he and I together, uh, because I was put my money where my mouth is, I want you to know that. You know, people mock me for selling gold and silver. And all I can say is this, if I hadn't been, I couldn't have helped all the people I've helped. I couldn't have built all the churches I built in Africa. See, I don't talk about what I do because the scripture says, just do good and let others praise you. And I, I'm not into the praise, okay? But I get so sick and tired of, of the naysayers out there and all the people that do absolutely nothing. You know, it's like this. I know nothing about giants, even though that I've been studying it for 38 years. I've written, probably done more research and know more outside the special operations community that, you know, I can't know what they know unless they tell me. But all I'm saying is this, is that when you start hearing the tail bearers, and, and like the thing, I, I John 21, Jesus basically scolded Peter, and he said, Peter, mind your own business. Too many of you on the boards are too worried about everybody else's business. You're too worried about whether Hawk is on or off or I'm on or off or whatever. You need to be about your father's business. Amen. I tell everyone, we all stand before Jesus to give account of that which we've done as Christians. It's not a question of heaven or hell for us. It's a question of reward of the faithfulness. The parable of the talents has everything to do with gold. I had a guy send me an email the other day, and I, you know, I'll just respond to you, Bruce, with this. And after I did the show with you and we brought it up, he said I was greedy. I would say this. I would be willing to put an independent auditor, somebody out there, you tell me what you've done, uh, you know, Ron, and I'll tell you what I've done, and tell me where greed figures into it. Here's what happens. The psychology of envy, this is what the Lord showed me 30 years ago, and you can believe it or not, God said, when I begin to bless the, my remnant, those who have chosen to walk away from me will persecute those who I bless. It is a psychology of envy. It is a psychology of, if I can't have what you have, I'll destroy you. If I can't destroy your reputation, I'll try and kill you. If I can't kill you, I'll, I'll say this, that. This is what dominates Christianity right now. And somebody say, not in my church. Well, maybe not in your church, brother or sister. But seriously, it dominates Christianity. And by the way, I want to make this one more statement. That woman who is either a prostitute... Look, Bruce, I only do this when I'm prompted, okay? And i got to tell you something. I've learned to instantly act. If I instantly act, God always comes through. Amen. Or you're thinking, because times are so tough that you've got to do that. Do not do that. You, you send me an email... Give me your phone number. I can guarantee you by heaven's decree there will be no guilt or I'm not out to do anything except help you get out of that lifestyle. So, Give out your email and contact info, Steve. For those yeah, my contact it. info is steve777 at stevequail.com. Steve77, and if, you, if you're listening, and they have to be listening on a computer someplace, you know, because that's the only place we're broadcasting at this point, isn't it? We're going. We're doing live stream, and we're also going to put that in the show notes, folks. Uh, okay. So anyway, you know the deal is, or you can call me the phone number at my store. I won't be there to answer it until Monday. Is four zero six five eight six four eight four zero. But if you can get an email, obviously I will email you. You can email me your phone, and I will call you. I wanted to tell you, Steve, my chat room will only take five hundred visitors. Of course, that's just people that are in the chat room. It's packed up. <laughs> I have no idea how high it would have went. Um, we're, this is a live program, so we've got people listening all over the world. We've got people that tune in from Australia, the U.K., Canada, 
praising God for his uh, doors that have been opening. Let me ask you a question. You do a lot of charity work. You help um, veterans, the poor. If there's someone out there listening that God says, hey, you know, Steve, I would like to uh, to help some people. God has blessed me, uh, and they want to get in contact with you. Is that the best way for them to do that via yep. the email? Just email me, and I can I can share this with you. If sometime I won't I won't you know ever put my friend Mike at risk or you know divulge anything, but you know sometime I'd like to you know I want I want people to understand the heart of this this brother this guy, and and I'm not flattering him, you know. I'm just saying he got hold of something and and uh God God's going to do something really and when I say this it's not like the televangelists you see you give them money and then supposedly you get blessed uh uh-uh. uh this man casts his bread upon the water you yeah. know what I'm saying he who the scripture you're quoting Bruce is he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay amen I, you know, it's funny. When I do that, when I make pleas to people who have it to help others that don't, then my some of my rich listeners get mad at me and say I'm pandering to the poor. When I absolutely talk about the people that have made a lot of money, then my poor listeners say I'm pandering to the rich. And let me tell you something. All I'm trying to do is speak the word. It doesn't matter to me. If the rich guy is faithful, listen, there are non-Christians that listen to me, and there are even Wiccans that listen to me and take my advice, and, and, and yet the Christians won't, okay? Does that mean the Wiccans are, are right with God? No, but it means that they know what common sense is, you know? Right. And see, you know, when, when sense is no longer common, you know, you can't. Listen, here's what people need to do specifically. If you have an IRA, KEO, or 401k, defined benefit plan or anything, you will not own it after the first of the year. If everything starts to go down the tubes uh, next week and the week going into uh, the second week of November, my guess is you won't have it by mid-December. The thing is, is that when panic sets in, the government will do anything they can to seize any retirement accounts, <coughs> and they're already talking about it, and the laws are already in effect. When I say effect, they're already there to be put into effect. They're already written. So what they need to do, and listen, again, Bruce, I've been in the gold business and silver business for 30 years, and I'm not pitching anybody. I will not sell gold or silver unless I can get it, unless I can deliver it. And the thing is is that there are people still taking money that don't know what we know, but based on what's going on in the world, that are telling people they'll deliver it in eight weeks. That's insane. I had a guy write me the other day and said, uh, Steve, uh, I've got some money saved. Do I pay off my mortgage? Do I put it in silver gold, or do I just convert it to cash and sit on it? What would be your recommendation there? Well, first of all, you you don't pay off your mortgage because I can tell you this. Some of the people that I talk to are in that world, and they're very, very wealthy. You know, look, if a guy's made a billion dollars, I'll listen to him, okay? doesn't mean I agree with him, but I'll listen to him. And they're saying that the property values in the United States uh, across the board are going to 10 to 25% of what they are now. Wow. Also, so let me give you an example. Most people equate that somehow they're going to be able to stay in their house when everything goes to hell and just, you know, basically uh, wait till Jesus comes. And I used to tell the story, they think they'll sit in a lazy boy, how appropriate the title for the chair, you know, uh, watching TBN as they're raptured out of their lazy boy chair drinking diet pop and eating chips and, and Boy, defiling their temple, you know? Seriously, Bruce, it's crazy. It's crazy because people don't want to take responsibility. And what are the two things that Jesus teaches in the parable? 
he teaches pretty much that apathy is a no-no in the kingdom of God, and he does it in Proverbs. And by the way, Proverbs 8 is a direct passage about Jesus. Jesus, Paul says, is the wisdom of God. So, you know, the thing is, is that when we seek wisdom, you can't get wisdom apart from Jesus Christ. You can get knowledge. You can get some understanding. Obviously, if you know how an engine works, you understand how it works. But that's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is different than the knowledge because the world is filled. The book of knowledge, okay? The book of knowledge is not the book of life. The book of life is the one people have got to be concerned with. So gold and silver. Righteous, righteous God created them, Bruce. Parable of the Talents has everything to do with gold, but it's fascinating that that interest is not a blessed thing in the Bible. But Jesus even said to the unjust steward, look, you should have even put it out for interest. But he said, but you're an unjust man, and, 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 and I was afraid. You see, that's the bottom line. Most people are afraid. Yet, I can tell you this, somehow it's godly to lose everything you've worked all your life for that the Lord may have been blessing you with, yet not to go into dirty gold and silver because the guys on the TV who are all non-Christians pretty much are telling you the market's going to turn around, the market's going to turn around. It's a sucker's market. 99% of it is program trading. They like to say only 70%, uh uh-uh, 99%. Let me tell some people out there something here, okay? Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his family. Joseph, who was number two in in Egypt under Pharaoh, put back grain for seven years and he saved his family. But did you know that um, his father, Jacob, and his 11 brothers came and bought grain or was wheat, whichever it was, with the gold and silver that they had? They didn't have that. They wouldn't have been able to buy anything. So, uh, again, there's a precedent. Jesus survived on gold in Egypt, gold, frankincense, and myrrh for three years. And God had ordained it that way. Uh, they've been using that since the beginning of time. That's the real currency. It's not this paper fiat crap that we have. It'll be worth worthless like toilet paper. So if you have something, use your brain. Put it in something that uh, can return a value for you, and then you can help some people. Well, and if and you don't, can I tell you something, Bruce? Pray. It's the law. It's the law of capital gains. God's in multiplication. He doesn't pay interest. Okay. In other words, look. If if gold, silver have gone up 28% per year for the last 10 years, that's a 280% return. How does that compare to the stock market? Well, the stock market, look, I know people that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in certificates of deposit. They're paying 2%. You know, silver moves 5% sometimes in a day. You know, it moved 3.5% on Friday. Well, how far is it going to go up? Uh, okay, here's, 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 I'm sorry, let me cover that. It's going to go up to the point where if you don't have it, you won't eat. But gold, so gold's probably going 10000 an ounce easily. It'll probably take its stair steps. Uh, silver, you're going to look at probably somewhere between five dollars and $600 an ounce. What that's wow. based on, 1% of the population is buying gold and silver now. If you take 2%, you multiply it. By the time you get up in the big numbers, and what's going to happen, Bruce, you mark my words, okay? You mark this down. People will put it off on a weekend. On Monday, there will be none available. I know of sovereign wealth funds. As a matter of fact, I was talking with one on Friday overseas. 
uh, putting enough money together, and these guys are saying basically, uh, can enough uh, money, you know, if we put this much money in the market, can we control the coins? Is it control them? Forget about control. You own them all. You know, the point is, is that there are people out there with big money. And so, you know, you know what I'm trying to say is, look, Jesus even said it. Make friends of yourself with an unrighteous mammon so that when he gives you the true riches, you'll do. If you're not faithful even in what you can be faithful in, you can't be trusted with other stuff. So that's the key. That's how do you know how to go into business with somebody? How do you know that this, if they are faithful in the little things, they'll be faithful in the big things? And, Bruce, my whole presentation, not mine, the presentation on Krakatoa and the whole thing with going on uh, with CERN will be on my website on Monday. So people can read it, they can pray about it, and I say this, ladies and gentlemen, look, I'm just one guy, and I mean this, that found incredible mercy at the hand and heart of the living God, trying to tell other people that he's real, he loves you, he'll fill you with his Holy Spirit, he'll lead you, he'll guide you, and his word is he'll never leave you or forsake you. Bruce, you claim the angel of the Lord encamps around those who love and fear God. Jesus said all angels are ministering spirits to those of us who are heirs of salvation. We can claim that. Bless you for coming on tonight, Steve. Give out your website one more time, please. SteveQuayle.com. S-T-E-V-E-Q-U-A-Y-L-E.com. God bless everyone, and I really, really want you all to know that truly Jesus does love you. He is the answer to all your questions. He is the answer to all your fears. He is the answer to all your trepidations and all your question marks. He always answers it with, I love you, exclamation point. Love and appreciate you, brother. God bless you, Steve. Bye-bye, Bruce. Thank you for coming on tonight. That was Steve Quill. Thank you, folks, for tuning in tonight. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.